Raiden, Liu Kang, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Johnny Cage, Sonya, Mortal Kombat! Nostalgia rages across the land, where everyone and their mother has a podcast, where there's still a movie trailer guy who says, in a world. Three friends revisit films, shows, and games that molded them as they search for answers to life, the universe, and everything in between. Settle in and join us for Screen Refresh. Welcome back to Screen Refresh, a show where we revisit the films, shows, and games from our childhood to try to take another look at what we fell in love with. As always, I'm Tim, and I'm joined by the rest of the Screen Refresh crew, Dean and Nick. That would be you guys. Nick always goes first. You, you, you went last time. Hello there. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm here. I got over here. I'm You're here. You're going to give me gray. <laughs> We got to catch you up. <laughs> yeah, my, my hair is long and you can you can see my grays now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so speaking of feeling old, we have a reboot that's coming out very soon uh, for a childhood movie that sounds like it's very near and dear to all of our hearts. But especially you, Dean, seen as you seem to bring up a certain IP or franchise every chance we get on Rule of Thirds. We already talked about Turtles. Other than Turtles? A different one? Yes. Besides Teach Mooch Ninja Turtles? <laughs> yeah. Mortal Kombat. You might have heard. Uh, Smash success from the 90s. Spawned lots of different media. <laughs> I didn't read the novelization. Anybody read the Mortal Kombat novelization? So I didn't Did read the exist? novelization. Yes, there Did was. Exist? Oh there was a God. novelization that um, I was doing a little research on it just because uh, <laughs> wow. when I find out there's a novelization, I want to see what the differences are between it. And evidently it was actually, it sounded um, a lot more involved with certain characters. Like I know um, Art Lean that Johnny Cage meets who ends up, we'll get into it, but he fights Goro, all of that fun stuff. He had a bigger part in the book um, that I guess the whole reason of him fighting Goro or kind of getting that private fight with Goro was because he was one of the top contenders and was like winning all of his matches throughout the tournament. And he was supposed to be like one of the prime candidates for winning this for Earthrealm. Um, that makes a then, lot of sense because that is one of my like, uh, you know, criticisms of the movie later on. Like, why do we care about Art Lean so much when he, you know, meets his untimely demise? Yeah. So that makes sense that in the novelization he's maybe in the script even he had a had more scenes to like you know endure him more to the audience well i know one of the other big things for it um was that in the scene or directly following the scene where he ends up fighting goro when he dies uh, i guess originally in the script they had shang sung give all of the um our three heroes 
some time to like go and give him a proper burial and all of this stuff as like a, a brief reprieve from everything going on, which I can see why they cut the scene only because it seems a little odd that Shang Tsung is giving them the courtesy of take your friend, give him a proper burial. Also, I absorbed his soul for eternal damnation. <laughs> and there's no reason to bury his body because... Yeah. Go bury the body. That, I already got that's the soul. not Art Lean anymore. Yeah. He's, <laughs> I can I can whip him up for you in a flash if you want to see him. <laughs> I was really hoping that when he summons all the guys at the end of the movie, one of them was Art Lean. And they're like, that oh no, been, Art. See, that, that actually would have been a great device, I feel. So, like yeah. It could have like put... Liu Kang in jeopardy because he's like pulls a punch you know what I mean like oh or his brother I mean he does use his brother but trying yeah. like he goes to punch and all of a sudden it's Chan and you're like he's like pulls up and he gets you know really wounded yeah so I think Art Lean probably had a um, overall a, a bigger part from the sounds of it in the rest of the the novelization and all of that uh, fun stuff from there yeah that could have been cool to see in the movie I mean the movie is a hundred minutes long so it's no average movie length, you know, 80 to 100 minutes, I think, is the standard length. Nowadays, it's like, you know, two hours is no thing, which I'm fine with if the movie's good enough. But um, yeah, I think they I, I would love to see the shooting script and like what they left on the cutting room floor and be really interested in that. Yeah, I think an hour 40 was just enough time. I feel like it didn't drag in parts. Um, I know one of the other podcasts I listen to, uh, Pure Cinema, there's one of the hosts on there that always says, I think it's, uh, was it the, you're allowed the first 90 minutes after that you have to earn each minute. So it's like, I'll give you 90 after that you have to keep my attention or there has to be a reason why you need to keep telling this story. Right. That's actually really clever. I like that. That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. So that's why when I have these movies that are like two hours and 14 minutes, sometimes it goes through. It's very breezy. It's terrific. Other times I'm sitting there and it's how are you 135 minutes of this right now? Right. Well, I mean, we'll get to it later, but I, I feel like there was only really one short little scene that I think could have been dropped out of this movie without affecting it. Um. The explanation but, of Mortal Kombat. Yeah, right. Um, this movie came out in 1995. Uh, I think the first two had come out. I think Mortal Kombat 3 was being made at the time, but I don't think had released until into arcades until the movie was out. Probably, you know, they probably timed that uh, strategically. But I, you know, from the minute Mortal Kombat was released in arcades. I don't remember the first time I found it in an arcade, but you know, it captured my, I don't know, just something about it. I think it was the characters and like their little stories and the, the world that they seemed to build just in that first little game, I think got me, got my mind going and, you know, play. It wasn't my favorite, one of my favorite Genesis games and not to mention the second one. Um, so I was thrilled about the second movie coming out. Uh, I think, at the time, you know, there's no, there might have been AOL, AOL keyboard, <laughs> but our internet was horrible on our 94 Packard Bell, uh, which played solitaire really well. Um, but Probably still does. <laughs> there wasn't really internet culture surrounding, you know, movie releases in 94. 
that I had access to. As a kid, when I had internet, I never thought about like AOLing certain keywords like video games and stuff like that. (laughs) I had no idea. That was all we could use. Like, I don't know why, but actually typing in a website never worked. It would always be like, you know, you're watching Nickelodeon. It's like, hey, well, keyword Doug or Rugrats. And like, that's all that worked. It was like these little keyword sites. I could never go to a www address. Just didn't work. Just 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 didn't exist. (laughs) Right. It's just Uh, all uh, Angel Fire and GeoCities Pokemon (laughs) websites. Side note, I think that you ever see that Space Jam site that I think is still up or (laughs) archived like that. That was like a big studios, huge movie website. It's amazing how how dated and GeoCities-esque it is. It's going to make a comeback with a new movie now. (laughs) Yeah, look, the cycle of everything else and fashion, I wouldn't be surprised. A retro (laughs) web design. All bottoms and Space Jam. (laughs) Um. So stiff competition for this movie that opening weekend. It opened against the blockbuster that is the Babysitter's Club. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so you really had that split demographic. This was August, right? Like the middle of August? Yep, August 18th, 1995. I didn't even look that up. I just August remember that from had the poster. a solid month overall cuz it's so this was August 18th. Um and then earlier that month and kind of the rest of the month it opened with Usual Suspects which now everybody knows uh, Babe, the pig movie was uh, one of the other kind of big, uh, I think it actually was the highest grossing one that month. It beat out Mortal Kombat. We had uh, walk in the clouds with Keanu Reeves. We had Desperado, the um, start of the El Mar- Mariachi trilogy with actually, I think Desperado was the first one. And then El Mariachi, no, El Mariachi was, the was the first one. It was the first one. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, so they had Desperado. We had Dangerous Minds, Virtuosity with uh, Russell Crowe. And I think Virtuosity. Denzel Washington. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Virtuosity, if you watched like Hackers and um, like, I don't know, Lawnmower Man, you're like, that's the future. Then Virtuosity probably is the next logical step for you to watch. Um, And at some point, I'll probably bring up Hackers. But um also, three weeks before, there was another Dragon Ball Z movie, Wrath of the Dragon. So, Dean, when you were asking, I didn't know there were any movies. Oh, right. There's now somehow been a Dragon Ball Z movie that has released just around every movie we've done so far. <laughs> we have, There's a weird kind of six degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of game. We can play with anything we've talked about so far. Yeah. Um, but I guess going back to not being able to like I being somewhat aware of this movie. I don't know when I, how I heard that this movie was coming out. Dumb and dumber. Well, I had this vague, I knew the movie by then. Uh, I'll circle around, circle back around to that. But I think just seeing, a, you know, whatever movie uh, magazine or video game magazine and just seeing like a blurry image of like, it's Goro, but like not even really, I couldn't even really tell it was gore. I was like, oh my God, there's a movie coming out? Like, I think that might have been my first exposure to it. And obviously didn't see any trailers until, um, like Nick mentioned, I was talking to him before the podcast started, that we got Dumb and Dumber, which was also a new line cinema film. And that came out in 94. But uh, so sometime between then and the Mortal Kombat's release, popped that VHS in and, you know, 
the trailers that are built into those VHS has started to play and Mortal Kombat comes up and I just started freaking out. Like I had no idea. It was just like, a, I had no idea that I was going to see that trailer when I put that movie on. And that was just like, I don't think I could even pay attention during the movie when it started. I was just like, Mortal, there's a shot of just Sub-Zero and, and uh, Scorpion on Shang Tsung's boat, just like coming out, opening a door and entering the room like badasses. And I was like, this is, <laughs> Like a WWF entrance. Exactly. Because they had like glass shatters. They walk in. Yeah, the (laughs) fog coming out, the smoke machine. And it was just like that trailer. I was just like, oh, my God. Do you remember when you actually finally saw it? It would have been in 95, probably the month it came out. My mom took me. So just me and my mom. To to the theater? Yeah. Yeah. She knew. I mean, she knew I loved the games. I've been playing them since 90 for three years. Oh, um, yeah, I guess there's like there's nothing gory in the movie, really, other than like no, it's maybe the scorpion scene. Right. And that's just fake. That's monster blood. So it doesn't count to the MPAA. <laughs> um, yeah, like she, you know, obviously I'm doing fatalities and drawing dismemberment because I love Mortal Kombat so much. <laughs> I'm not doing the fatalities. I'm doing Hopefully this can find you closure. <laughs> Give my son peace. <laughs> right. Yeah, I remember her coming out of the theater and like embarrassing me and doing like kicks and punches. And I'm like, oh, God, I don't know you. you like, I don't know this woman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I saw it in a the theater in 95 um, and loved it, loved it, loved it. And do you remember when you saw it, Nick? No. Oh, <laughs> just one day it sprung from your head, fully formed like uh, Athena. Pretty much. <laughs> I don't know, like you got to remember too. like a lot of these movies came out like we were really young. So either we saw it in theaters or like in my case, I didn't see a lot of them in theaters. It's just they happen to be. And I don't remember the first time I actually seen them. Just Dumb and Dumber was the same way that I saw the trailer. And same thing with National Lampoon's Senior Trip. The amount of times I've seen. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. Same same VHS. Yep. The amount of times I've saw those trailers were probably more than like Star Wars Episode One when that was finally released in 99. Like the amount of times, seriously, like I can practically quote some of those like Suburban Commando is another one from like the Turtle movies. It's just you watch the yeah. movie so many damn times that like I was frozen today <laughs> and you, you it gets ingrained in your head. Like I know the trailer more than I know um, the movie itself sometimes. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's almost, like it's almost like I saw the movie. Yeah, I saw Zabrama Commando. Yeah, right before Turtles, I saw the whole thing. Yep, <laughs> that's what's in your head. I mean, it's like when they have the compilation CDs and they would have the commercials for them when you're growing up, and they would play like clips of each song. Right. And then growing up, I would never know the rest of the song, but I would always know those like four second segments. So if it came on the radio, I would just sing along for like three and a half seconds, and then I wouldn't know anything else to do. Hey, oh, hey. Return to innocence. Imagine a world where time drifts slowly, a world where music carries you away. Sail away, sail away, sail away. Pure moods. She was on one of those. Yeah, that might have been hers. It's a fire album. Pure moods is is the quintessential, but there was a TikTok I saw the other day. 
where the girl was like, I'm about to unlock a deep hidden memory of yours. And she played the audio to that commercial. <laughs> I'll have to send that to you later. I was trying to think like, fuck, oh my God, I know exactly where he's going with this. What's the name of that CD? Pure <laughs> Moods. So considering Fire albums, did you know that the Mortal Kombat soundtrack, um, I think came in number 20 or it hit number 10 on the Billboard Top 200 for 1995. That's awesome. No, I know that specific fact, but I definitely had that soundtrack and listened to it like hell yeah. Any other band that I was into. I did laser tag to that song like that was fucking hype for a good like two years oh, straight. Oh, to uh, <laughs> the theme? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, to pure moods. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> No other collection gives you the feeling of pure moods. No matter what you're doing, you could have played that in front of a math test, and I'm pretty sure people would like do a lot better at it. <laughs> Welcome to Laser Tag. Grab your guns and prepare to return to innocence. Yeah, the theme is hype as fuck. Mm-hmm. There was so, like a, there was like another version on the soundtrack. That was like just here's our version of the song, and it's like, why did you need to do that? It's not better than the the main theme. But anyway, it's a bad time. They probably need to hit a certain amount on the, the album, so it's not just like <laughs> we thirty-seven need one minutes. One more song, please send a check on money order remixes. too. On that note, I actually <laughs> just <laughs> I actually just they released like a special vinyl edition, not of the soundtrack, but of the actual score. By George S. Clinton, uh, <laughs> not of Parliament Funk, <laughs> um, which is cool because it's like you it pretty much just goes in order of the movie. And it's like you're you can see the movie playing out in your head when you just play the album. It's pretty I'd never heard that before. Yeah, I always find that fun as a, the final school. It's just the dragon logo and then Goro on the back of it. Um, So this was the first. I think Paul W.S. Anderson movie, um, which at the time I didn't even know. Well, at the time, I didn't know Paul W.S. Anderson. <laughs> we didn't know much of anything. But. Yeah. Seeing as I think the the first time I saw this was we used to watch like the the TV guide channel that would just show the pay-per-view previews of movies that are going to be like coming up. And we saw this trailer and didn't know there was a movie for it. And then we just kept nagging my parents for like weeks until finally we decided as a family, like, We'll make some time. We'll pop a VHS in and we will rent Mortal Kombat on pay-per-view and sit down and watch it because it's starting at 430. I don't imagine to have allowed you to watch that. Oh, no, they 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 were pretty. They're pretty fast and loose with what they let me watch. They were pretty understanding of the different things they let me watch um, overall, because if it's a case of the violence or things like that, it's not as bad for some reason. I think it's because of that whole ongoing story I told you years ago of uh, actually it was probably on an earlier episode too that they loved Army of Darkness and so they found out it's the third movie in a trilogy so they bought Evil Dead on VHS and Evil Dead 2 and sat down for family movie night and threw in Evil Dead 1 and I was like nine and it traumatized me and at that point they probably figured like well genie's out of that bottle so here you go pg-13 mortal Kombat. have a ball kid yeah evil dead not not the fun yeah. not the most fun out of the uh evil dead movies for children i mean shit as a kid i was terrified of gremlins 
<laughs> oh yeah well that was quote unquote what a pg movie too i'd imagine right mm-hmm. yeah because i think that was um spielberg was the there's a bunch of, of like mo- yeah there's a bunch of movies, movies that they consider like the um catalysts for getting the pg-13 and it was mostly because i guess steven spielberg had enough clout to just be like listen this isn't an r this isn't a pg give me a uh, something else um so that's how we got like i think raiders gremlins and poltergeist, poltergeist i think were like yeah. three movies that were all pg that they're like yep. oh, we kind of stretching it here especially no, it was um, temple of doom temple of doom had temple of way doom, too many you. scenes that were like uh i don't know Kalima. Kalimaja today. Yaha, Dr. Jones. <laughs> so Paul W.S. Anderson, not compu- be confused with Paul uh, Thomas. Thomas Anderson. <laughs> Which one did Magnolia? Which one did Resident Evil? So, <laughs> so Paul W.S. Anderson, I, I know he gets a lot of flack, but going through his list, I actually have a lot of stuff that I enjoyed. Like this was a childhood favorite. Resident Evil that he also wrote was a childhood favorite. Um, Nick introduced me to that one. Event Horizon for years is one of my favorite horror movies. He, he did Aliens vs. Predator that he also wrote, but we'll forgive him. We skipped that one. Yeah. Uh, he did Soldier with Kurt Russell. So, I mean, like he's done a bunch of stuff that was recognizable to me, um, which at the age of nine, Paul Thomas Anderson, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> well, I'd say that for both of them. <laughs> hey, he gave me Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Give me boogie nights. Um, <laughs> so Kevin Droney, who wrote this, in. no fun, nope, nope. We got some, we got some <laughs> other things just to lay the scene here. So Kevin Droney, who wrote this, the only other thing that I knew of that he had done, because um, he had only done like some TV, he did a TV movie, and then he wrote uh, Wing Commander. But I know Nick, you enjoy Wing Commander. Mm-hmm. Never played the game. I don't think I've ever actually seen the movie. I just always remember hearing you talk about it. It doesn't hold up. <laughs> I put it I put it in like So I've not heard great things about it. Like I put it in like a cult classic section in my mind. I really enjoy it. I really like Freddie Prince Jr. and uh, Matthew Lillard together. That's one of the movies that they're in. And um their chemistry just works really well. And just there's not many movies like top gun where you see pilots you know doing their thing in their ship you know doing dog fighting and stuff and it happens to be in space and it has its own storyline because it's based on a space sim like x-wing versus tie fighter and all that and they made a they made a like um patty jenkins is making the new rogue squadron movie and i'm imagining it to be very similar to wing commander at this point with how the direction of how they're going to have it set up because that makes honestly the most sense because you're going to want to see um you know all the space combat but you need a story behind it too and one of the trivia with top gun was is they had to go back and do reshoot shoots because they didn't have a story when they made the movie it was just tom cruise flying the ship for two hours so you're saying wing commander will not be a future screen refresh episode i mean eventually (laughs) so before we hop into the the first scene here, just to kind of set some of the the scene for anybody listening, um, usually like I I usually run through the cast list and just kind of some things that they've done previously. So if anybody hasn't seen necessarily Mortal Kombat, they might know the actors from something else. And this way, as we're talking about it, at least you have a point of reference of like who it is we're talking about, rather than just all nameless faces or whatever the case may be. So 
Raiden, of course, Christopher Lambert, that we all know from Highlander. Other people know from Night Moves. He's probably the biggest name in the movie. I know I know him from Mortal Kombat. For the time. Pretty much all of these, <laughs> all the every single one of these actors is like, where do you know them from Mortal Kombat? I don't really know any. Actually, the only exception is um, Bridget Wilson. That's a Sonya Blade. But even then, she doesn't have that many roles that I've seen besides Last Action Hero. Yeah. But again, it was still like, oh, it's Sonya Blade from Mortal Kombat. Billy Madison. Oh, yeah. she Billy Madison. I know what you did last summer. House on Haunted Hill remake. Shop Girl. If you wife to Steve Pete Martin. Sampras. Yes. So, yeah, it's Bridget Wilson Sampras. Yep. Now. Robin Chow, who did Liu Kang, was Robin the only Chu. other thing I knew him from. Robin Chu was Beverly Hills Ninja, which if we really right. want to tie which out this got, ninja kick. Which he got after this movie, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. This this got him that movie, I'd imagine. Yeah. And Lyndon Ashby, I know he's done a lot of um, he's done, popped up here and there and then done a lot of different TV things. He had a, a long run on Teen Wolf, I think, right now. He was in Wider Up with. Uh, oh, Kevin he was Costner. in something currently. He was like on. Yeah, MTV. He's still around oh wow! Yeah, I didn't know that. He was, I think, the sheriff or something like that on Teen Wolf for like eighty episodes. Um, he is was he actually. Was he smarmy on that? Did you? I have no idea. I don't watch Teen oh, okay. Wolf. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think you did. I was surprised. I was like, how do you know this? He's the Vampire voice Diaries of are, what? Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat Eleven. Oh yeah, oh, so they, they probably brought they him back did, for. Well, they they actually just they released a movie skin pack. So actually, oh. Lambert, Bridget Wilson, and johnny cage have skins in the game and they they did their voices for the character intros for for each fight oh what's oh, that? that's kind of cool and oh, i know yeah. also some of the the intros themselves they do callbacks to different things which we'll get into those intros um a little bit later because it'll play into some of the scenes here but um Lyndon ashby also came in in resident evil extinction um in the resident evil series so it was nice seeing him pop back up in a paul ws anderson movie well, yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen him in anything except maybe some TV appearance since, you know, Johnny Cage. Yeah, I think he was the one thing I remember was a USA commercial for the war next door that he was on that in my head. It must have run for like years. And I think it was like <laughs> 10 episodes. It just the commercial always played. Um, but the other kind of main guy was um, Kirihuyuki Tagawa, who is the one of the like kings of the oh, that guy in any of these because he was in showdown in little tokyo with which actually had um brandon lee and i guess brandon lee was originally supposed to be um luke kang but then when he ended up dying the job ended up going to uh, robin show so there were a couple kind of different mishaps there kind of like how sonia blade was supposedly supposed to be cameron diaz from what they said in yeah, interviews she and then, injured herself yeah and then she was um, out of the running Kind of glad about that one. Yeah, I think Bridget Wilson ended up doing a good job as far as Sonya Blade. So it, I think that ended up kind of working out to uh, their favor there. I think they offered it to Bridget. She's like, nah, I'm going to do Billy Madison. And then Cameron Diaz injures herself. And she's like, OK, I'm done Billy Madison. I'll come be <laughs> Sonya again. Which works out. Nothing against Cameron Diaz. Just she's never really. She didn't strike me as the type to fill Being that a hard ass. Mm hmm. It would be it would have been interesting to see her try that because I don't I haven't seen to you know most of her in rom coms or comedies but and she is capable of it because I mean they eventually did the Charlie's Angels trilogy and but well, she's kind of a of goofball in that. that too though she's like 
she's There's not a lot too of serious either. And plenty of stunts and you know action works i'm doubt like bridget wilson was doing majority of the stunts anyway too you know like no that's my only beef not beef but yeah well so evidently like i know we had mentioned it previously or somebody else had mentioned in a different episode about the actors in this and i guess um lyndon ashby well naturally robin shu had um, a martial arts background because he also did some of the choreography like the scene with the fight with reptile because it was a reshoot I guess he did the choreography for it. He's worked on other things. But Lyndon Ashby also had a martial arts background since he was younger. So he did some of the work in this and then naturally still had just like a fight double, depending on what scene it was, I guess. And the same for Bridget Wilson, that she ended up asking in Last Action Hero and asking in this, like, please let me do as many of my own stunts as I can. Um, and then that way they only had to use the the fight doubles for certain things. But I guess they both tried to do... Um, kind of as um, as much without having to pull in anybody else as they were allowed, which is interesting because I wouldn't have expected that to be the case. I like it when actors do that. Right. Sometimes it makes sense to have the stunt double because it's just insurance. You know, <clears throat> yeah, and I get those, but it really is noticeable when they do like the always the shot from the back or like the like they're kind of far away enough that it fills up most of the frame and you know like that's clearly the stunt double and then the camera will quickly spin but just before you see the face it does the super close-up of the actor's face or some of these 80s movies that just have like a very haphazard plastic mask of the actor over somebody else that clearly <laughs> isn't so yeah well, so best, i mean the best version of that was uh lex i guess in jurassic park right where they digitally put her face for that shot, the raptor shot in the ceiling. That's still one of the best examples of it, too. Yeah. To circle back to Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa, he's it was whoever cast of this movie, he's that he's the perfect Shank Sug. Like I, I couldn't see anybody else doing this role like he does it. And it's obviously he was at he spans three iterations of Mortal Kombat. This movie the web series and now he's been playing Shang Tsung in the new games like so he is is Shang Tsung it's this perfect combination of menacing and erudite and of, charisma too he's got yeah, great charisma so I mean like if you guys ever played like samurai warriors or something he would be the perfect like Odu Nobunaga or something like that <laughs> just like one of those classic warlords but he also <laughs> Side note, he played Johnny Tsunami in the movie Johnny Tsunami. Oh, a child right. that really wants to be a surfer. We didn't play. He played. He plays he played, his dad, right? Or something? No, he plays Johnny Tsunami because the, the kid is like Johnny Tsunami is the guy. I guess the kid like look up or looks up to. Oh, but he I wants to be he like, was Johnny Tsunami. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Kerry is Johnny there. Tsunami. He was also Hayachi Mishima in the Tekken movies, but I've never watched the Tekken movies. Yeah, he's I would love to. Yeah. I don't know why he'd be one of the people I just love would love to meet and talk or have something signed by like that guy is just seems awesome. He's always Shang Tsung. And um, Dean, you'll be interested to know that Chris Casamasa, who was Scorpion in this, was Red Dragon in WMAC Masters. <laughs> I have a WMAC Masters <laughs> note later because another one of those guys is in this movie too. Oh, he also did stunts in Blade and he was the stunt double for George Clooney in Batman and Robin. He reprised Scorpion in the short-lived uh, TNT Mortal Kombat show. 
Uh, I vaguely remember that. Conquest. Yeah, he played yes. Scorpion in that as well. So just to round this out so I, I can let you get going, the two voices in the movie, again, we have Frank <laughs> Welker coming back as the voice of Shao Kahn and Reptile and Kevin Michael Richardson in probably one of the earlier roles that I know him from as Goro. Shao Kahn's appearance at the end is pretty much Dr. Claw. It's yeah. like that's the voice. Absolutely. Yeah. Like there's there's not really much difference there. What did he do with Reptile? He just makes high pitched crazy screams. I wonder how I, much they affected, you know, ran through filters on his voice to do Reptile. I have no idea. Because it's just like animal noises. When Goro came on for the first time, he does that like kind of growling thing and he sounded exactly like Raza from TMNT. <laughs> right. So that's why like in my well, notes that's my, I'm that's, like that's Where Michael Richardson, I... right? Kevin Michael Richardson? Yeah, Kevin Michael Richardson is Goro. Who'd, who who would we know him? Who would I know him from? Or uh, how, Kevin uh... Michael Richardson was in, I want to say he was in like a bunch of the Batman series. He was in. Um, I don't know if there was something spe- like Dr. Claw, like something specifically notable that like was. Like, I mean, he's, he's one oh, of those yeah. people that have been like. In lots him, of, John DiMaggio, just, all oh, the ones that are just used everywhere. Just been working all the time. Yeah, yeah. he's he's um he's big. Yeah. He's um he's Cleveland Brown Jr. from Family Guy. One yeah, the, I think he was on. I want to say he was on Gravity was, Falls too, which is where I think I first. Um, I recognize his from. face before I recognize his um resume. To be honest. Just with voice actors, they have their hand in so many different buckets, you know, because it's just per one show, they can be voicing like six different characters. I mean, his gore is great. It fits, you know, the aesthetic and the character they made. It works pretty well for it. And last voice, the voice of Scorpion was Ed Boon. I are you sure that wasn't just was that the movie, too? Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought it was just they're referencing the game. He did, it Ed, in the, he did it for the yeah, game. Because I guess Ed Boon. So for anybody that doesn't know, Ed Boon was one of the creators of Mortal Kombat and did like the come over here or get over here get, and all of that fun stuff. From, come this way. Oh, no, because <laughs> it is, um, it's the same exact sound clip from the game. When he does get over here, it's the same one. I think that's what it's crediting. Well, they no, list him not, as. Yeah, they list him as having the longest running same gig voice acting job for a video game i guess at like whatever long it's been because he's done mortal Kombat and every iteration since then so supposedly i guess he had done the voice for scorpion again for the movie i remember just people just making such a big fuss about it from the new mortal Kombat trailer like he said it he said the thing (laughs) get over here um so i think that covers all of our actors now that we're 39 minutes in so everybody should have some point of reference on who we're talking about here <laughs> if you haven't seen mortal Kombat, have you heard of mortal Kombat? it's an hour and 40 minutes we just took 40 of it to tell you these actors you could have just spent the time gone watched it and then you would have known who we're talking about next month we'll cover the movie and that's all of a that's all for us from <laughs> screen refresh um yeah, let's jump into the the most iconic house music uh, of the '90s. Some might even Techno say syndrome. the number ten best of 1995. 
I mean, it just kicks off with a bop with the fire, and it's like the logo. Yes. And it's a great decision to start with whoever. I mean, credit to them for writing that song and then for using that to just kick the movie off with the sweet dragon logo, you know, teasing what the dragon logo. What if that was like the sales pitch to the executives? It's like, well, we don't we don't have a story or anything for you, but it's based on this video game. And then um, Steve in marketing, he actually took the time to make this little like 20 second <laughs> intro. Just check this out. My roommate is a DJ and he just made this music. <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes in, he rips his tire off and starts fist pumping. It's greenlit. Go. You are now a black belt. In Kung Fu. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like, I remember being a kid and having that, like, talking to my parents, getting them to finally let us watch this movie. They rent it on pay-per-view. We sit down. It kicks off with that. And I'm just like, yes. Yes. So you knew it was going to be a hit. You, you knew you were going right to remember choice. this song forever when you first heard that. Uh, yeah, cool opening title. Uh, very simple, but very hype. Uh, and then we are treated to what we don't realize at first is a dream sequence. Uh, we see Shang Tsung and our hero's brother, hero Liu Kang's brother, Chan, at the uh, Temple of Light, I think it's called, or the Order of Light at their it's, temple. Yeah, I think it's the, it's the Order, Order of Light. It's the organization, and, but the and Temple of Light temple, is the... Right. Yeah. Uh, so Chan and Shang are squaring off. Are they, though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, okay, Chan, Chan, Chan is doing shellacked. moves, and, and Shang just kind of stands there and, like, dodges. <laughs> um, that, that, his, his jumping roundhouse kick, it looks like it, it might just be the way they filmed it, but it looks like it came right close to his nose. Um, <laughs> they, that was professionally, oh, that guy is a stunt actor, actually. He was one of the Ninja Turtles, as I recall. Stephen Hill, uh, like as far as a stunt turtle, not not a all the times uh, in the suit turtle. Yeah. yeah. Guy I know Chan. he does a lot of stunt things now. I think he's been on Conan O'Brien show a bunch of times whenever he does like stunt based things. He's like oh, his, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's like the stunt guy in that show, too. So they're uh, standing at the, at the temple. It looks like there's like a nor'easter rolling in. <laughs> there's some crazy going on with the clouds. Uh, I don't know if it's just you know, dream clouds or if it's Shang Tsung magic, but, um, uh, yeah. Chant gets his ass kicked. I mean, it's Shang. at this point I mean, that I think I realized, like my brain automatically clicked over to that part of, that has all of the quotes from this movie. Cause I'm watching it and it's just, your brother's soul is mine. <laughs> you will be next. He knocks Chan over and stomps on his back. And it sounds like, Every single vertebrae has been broken when he steps on him. They really play up the sound effects in this movie generally. But oh, there's there's a sound effect like, later that I noticed that I'm like, wait, what? I'll bring it up. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, so then Shang's directly addressing the camera when we realize he's talking to Liu Kang. And we get a spooky, scary zombie Shang Tsung face appears and we zoom in there and Liu Kang Unfortunately, wakes I think up that's probably the best special effects shot in the entire movie. Yeah, you might be right. Some of the <laughs> reptile stuff, the some of the reptile stuff later too. on is okay, but what? When Sub-Zero freezes or like yeah, that's, gets himself frozen. Bad. That's pretty good. Um, I think we all, we'll get to it. We all know what the worst one is, I think. Like, um, I know 
<laughs> I know we'll we'll probably touch on it throughout this, but I notice the CGI itself, not all of it holds up over time. But for some reason, this movie specifically, none of it bothers me watching it. I don't see it as a negative at any point. I just still find joy in just seeing it. Yeah, even for the sure. stuff that didn't age well. I think there's only one that's like, this is this is a crime. Why do they do this? Um, but it's it's at the, it's like the very last sequence of the right movie. Right here, Congressman. <laughs> um, so Luke Kang shoots up in bed. We realize it's been a dream. And we realize he lives which across he from given. a neon sign of some sort. Yeah, in a in a jail cell. I think that he's decorated. <laughs> it looks like it's just concrete. I don't know what's. I don't think it's really stated what city he's in, but it's just looks like my American college city. dorm. Yeah. Um. So we see, you know, his uh, telegram from his grandfather, very curt. Hey, Luke Kang. That was obviously paying by the letter. (laughs) Luke Kang, stop. Brother dead, stop. Return home, stop. Grandfather, stop. (laughs) No, don't write that. Stop. Stop. (laughs) Um, Luke Kang, it's Chan. Stop. They're killing me. Stop. Help. Stop. Then we cut to, so these first three scenes are pretty much introducing our three hero Earthrealm characters. Next we get Sonya at the club at a rock club. Let's go! 60 seconds to target. Jax, is the perimeter secured? Lockdown tight. It better be. I want Kano. I just have to say she is a complete buzzkill for these concert goers. <laughs> She's, her and Jax come in with shotguns um lots of just innocent people she's she's just she's like clubbing people as she gets through (laughs) yeah she's just if if you're listening to it you just hear that like thwack noise of just like (laughs) hit 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 and she's just knocking away everyone as she's walking through They're just there to fucking have a good time and listen to some metal and some nineties rap metal industrial club scene. Their shit is getting wrecked. Um, so we see we hear her talking to Jackson, looking for Kano, this whoever she's looking for. Um, and then we see Kano and Shang Sung in some kind of office inside the club, presumably. VIP section. Uh Trevor Goddard, we didn't mention him. He, rest in peace, actually. Um, oh, I didn't know he'd passed. Yeah, he passed uh, maybe 10 years ago or so. Oh, wow. Um, he, I thought he was another. Like, him as Kano is as good to me as, like, Carrie is as Shang Tsung. Like, I think he might, he's the one that made the character, well, not American. Like, he was, I think he's British. Um, But, like, then, yeah, he became an Australian character in the games. They just, liked. The accent, it really does work for him, I think. I think he looks pretty cool. His prosthetic looks just like it. I mean, pretty much like just a cinematic quality version of what it is in the game. Looks pretty cool, I think. Yeah, I like his introduction of him in profile against the screen on the phone. And then he turns and you get the reveal of the faceplate and the eyes glowing. The, it's, <laughs> it plays so well for like fans of the game as far as like here are all the iconic things. Right. Yeah, some of some of the fan service in the movie is too much for me. So it could have been left out and some of it I it a lot of it they nail like what they need to. 
I'm really surprised um, to say this for Mortal Kombat of all movies, but honestly, I thought the cinematography and the lighting for a lot of the scenes were like perfect because oh, like, yeah. the shot where Liu Kang wakes up from his nightmare, like that whole like I like that aesthetic and you can see the light um, pour it like shining through the rain that's on the windows and you see that effect on the walls. I thought that was really cool. And then the same thing, yes. too, with like um, Kano talking to Shang Tsung and just the way that Kano's lit up. And then he stands over that grate with the light pouring through on the top. and It's casting the shadow on his face. That was re- that's such a cool framing for that character. You're supposed it's, to hate this guy, but he just looks like a fucking badass until later on. But like it really sets him up perfectly. Is shot much more competently than a video game movie in 1995 was expected. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I think its budget was 18 million, which was, uh, I guess, even for 1995, was relatively low. Um, I mean, it brought uh, in 126 what, what million or something. Yeah, I know. That's what made it a hit, a runaway hit, kind of like the Turtles. Uh, you know, it wasn't an independent movie, but sure, it made a lot of money for them because they weren't. I don't know. They weren't expecting a whole lot, but it it blew expectations out of the water. But so we find out that uh, Kano is with Shang Tsung. <laughs> He so blatantly says this. There's a lot of moments in the movie where they just kind of they do ham fist exposition <laughs> into the lines, which, you know, it, it makes me laugh. Like, because it's it could have been things could have been written a little better, I guess, some of these lines. But he's like, I love punctuality in a woman. Don't you, Mr. Shang Tsung? <laughs> like, yes, Kano, my hired accomplice. <laughs> from britain <laughs> from earth realms britain um this this scene made me laugh because here we see is he setting up kano just as bait to like a, a master plan or backup plan to get sonia to come to the island um and he threatens him like since kano has one eye he's like if so much as touch on kano you're going to need to see me and that made me just think of like how long has Shang Tsung been hanging out and watching like Earth and like its culture? Like there's not seeing eye dogs in Outworld, I'd imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but he knows what a seeing eye dog is. Like I just want to see he Shang Tsung hanging out in, in Earth realm, like going to strip clubs and uh, <laughs> enjoying life as a as a regular human. But just it just made me think of just this whole other world of like, yeah, he knows all about our culture and he probably watches Seinfeld or something. so while this is going on up there sony blade is back down in the crowd and a guy comes out with a submachine gun and she just blasts him with her shotgun well like he he blasts into the crowd (laughs) and they don't care nobody i mean they don't care not only do (laughs) no one got shot Nobody in the crowd moves. They're still dancing. The band is still playing. It's like they come from the Titanic school of music. Nobody stops. Everybody just kind of looks around, just keeps going. They see the gunfire and it's like, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I wasn't in the club scene in the early 90s or mid 90s, but I'm I'm pretty sure that probably wasn't par for the course. No. Yeah, he obviously gets a few rounds off right at her so it didn't hurt her there were people right behind her so people were definitely getting sprayed with bullets and uh they didn't yeah they didn't nobody seen the bat and eye when she blasted him and where the hell's Jax at this point she's got she's got no 
There's no discipline here. She has no backup. Um, He's not so, in it until the sequel. <laughs> so Kano and Shang Tsung have obviously gotten away. We just cut away from her trying to coax words out of a guy who got, got shot in the chest with a shotgun. He's not really going to be able to answer her, but now we're introduced to Johnny Cage. Boy, Johnny on, Cage. On what is obviously a soundstage, but... Such a cool it's, opening shot for him, though. It is just, cool. Like, the doors That's open, true. and you just have his silhouette with like all of Los Angeles behind him in the doorway. That is a great point. That was a good choice. Well, not all of Los Angeles, but like that. <laughs> <laughs> what you can see from a doorway at a soundstage. There's Grauman's right over his shoulder. Um, <laughs> There's Griffith Observatory, and right behind part, him, Skid Row. It's fun. I mean, part of it is funny. It's like... I bet the producer was like, oh, shit, we can just shoot this on one of the sound stages we're already using. <laughs> just use that as a movie set. Perfect. I mean, it it makes sense and it probably saved them money from having to do anything else. Oh, yeah. Then that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. The producer was like, oh, yeah, the scene's going to be easy. Um, I do love his. This is where you fall down. With this guy and then that guy's reaction. <laughs> <laughs> That happened in um, TMNT 2, actually. That exact same thing. So, like, when Kino is fighting all of those burglars in the beginning, um, at one point he sweeps a guy and he gets up. No, he a guy. he's fighting one guy, he gets up again, and then he sweeps him and he says, hey, stay down. That's because that whole time the actor was supposed to go down and he never did. So he <laughs> ad-libbed it in and the director just liked the improv, so they kept it in. That's great. Just like uh, Dustin Hoffman in uh, Midnight Cowboy. Like the whole... I'm walking, I'm walking here. here. So the only time you'll have a hard comparison drawn between Mortal Kombat, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Midnight, Midnight Cowboy. Cowboy. <laughs> um, hey, only one of those brought in $126 million. Actually, no, probably two of them. I think Midnight Cowboy didn't. <laughs> so Johnny Cage, you know, comes into the soundstage and fights this like third string secret service team um, with a variety of weapons. <laughs> it, it's funny. It's be, if you haven't seen the movie, it's very cheesy what they're, the way they're presenting themselves. Um, and then you realize, yeah, they get the whole, he kicks a guy, he doesn't go down. Then, and you realize they're filming a movie. Where do you get these guys? And the press says, I don't know how to do this stuff. Cut. All right, people, reset. We're back in 15 no, minutes. I'm not doing it again. No, what do you mean you're not doing it I mean, again? I'm not doing Johnny's it again. Johnny's the last shot of the picture. Where are you going? I'm going to my trailer. No, you can't leave I'm going to get a gun. Then I'm going to shoot no, 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 myself for being in your kill movie. Me. You will kill me. I'll be back directing traffic. Johnny, don't leave me hanging up here. You're killing me, Johnny. I love you. The director of the fake movie looks like Steven Spielberg because apparently Spielberg was a fan and was actually going to do this cameo, but for whatever scheduling reason couldn't be there, but they made the director look just like Spielberg anyway. Yeah, that's uh, Sandy Helberg as the the director with the classic like glasses, baseball hat, vest. Yeah. And I love his line, kill me, I'll be back directing traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let me hang in, Johnny, as he hangs on a camera crane. And you still hear him shouting over the megaphone even as Johnny's yeah. in the next scene walking away. <laughs> You're killing me, Johnny. Um. Johnny gets pulled away by PA and somebody's come to visit him and it's 
some guy. It's Master Boyd, apparently. Who I'd assume is his sensei and taught him everything he yeah. knows. As far so as it's uh, one of his fight instructors, which Master Boyd is played by Peter Jason that some people might know from John Carpenter's movies. He was in uh, Prince of Darkness. He's another one of those guys that you see his face and he's everywhere. Um, but they don't really cover it here, which Master Boyd like uh, gives the introduction, gives him an invitation to Outworld. The invitation is still longer than the telegram that Liu Kang got. But he ends up walking <laughs> away from it. it. <laughs> he ends up walking away from it. And then you find out that Master Boyd is Shang Tsung disguised, which in the novelization, I guess, um, implies that Master Boyd was killed by Shang Tsung so he can assume his soul or get his soul and then assume his form. And then in Mortal That's a good Com- point. Yeah. And then in Mortal Kombat, um, I forget which game. I think Mortal Kombat 11. Part of the intros is when you have Shang Tsung come out and fight Johnny. He'll, his intro is Master Boyd sends his regards. And then Johnny shouts, it was you that killed him. And it finally oh, ties wow. up that loose end <laughs> after all these years. That's awesome. I did not realize that. So because it was Shang Tsu that invited Johnny, does that mean that Johnny was fighting for Outworld <laughs> that whole time? So actually... I've swindled you. <laughs> because how does that work because i mean i figured it's per invitation that you're allowed to go and he had the fancy thing with like the seal of mortal Kombat on there and the fancy little scrolls and stuff so does that mean that like he's formally invited to outworld or did um did you have a point on that tim or i had a thought on it do do i have a point on what i sound like you were gonna make a point to what he's saying like you knew something but i was just had posing more questions oh I, w- I was just going to say i think it's probably based on home residence or <laughs> last place of residency <laughs> where your physical mailing address is you fight for massachusetts shanks gives him this he's like johnny cage yeah you've been served you're coming to mortal Kombat." <laughs> Um, that was one of my problems with the exposition. And like, I think it's like, I think it is one of those things that would have been nice to know, like, Oh, you don't need to know everything surrounding a movie. You just need to know the minimal amount to get into the story. But like, why were they chosen? Who chose them? Did Raiden choose them? Um, if, if so, like, well, I mean, it might be asking too much and like, you don't need to know all this, but, Sony didn't get an invitation. She was lured there, but Raiden seems cool with it. Like, yeah, one of you three will decide the tournament. So it would have been nice to just be like, why are these people getting chosen? Why? Yeah. Or like Artlene. I think the new movie does. will delve into that. At least just give a tiny bit on that. But yeah. Or like Artlene that shows up. Are we supposed to assume that Raiden came and talked with him and that's how he got his invitation? Or how did he get? invited to this thing did they answer an ad because there is a lot of fodder in the movie of earth realm fodder so you're like how are all these people getting to the to the island i think they had to they just need to have like filler oh yeah i mean like this i'm not questioning i'm just like why is like how why are all these people here too like did they did shang sung deliver them yeah a scroll (laughs) which then I would have to wonder, like, how many people does Earthrealm have to send for it to be considered a tournament? Because <laughs> does Shang Tsung need like a minimum of contestants? <laughs> right. Otherwise, it's like doesn't count. Sorry, I can't guys. Fill this bracket. 
Okay, well, we have three extra guys. We're going to have to, uh, you two, go play on their side. <laughs> there was a draft. Like, we get Scorpion, we get Sub-Zero. <laughs> we get Goro. <laughs> From there, we see, yeah, we see that Shang Tsung was Master Boy the whole time. Um, and then we get to the Temple of Light, where Liu Kang has returned home. And Very cool temple. Yeah, really cool. I wonder. I think that's probably Thailand. I think. Yeah, because they filmed uh, most a lot of, of the on location stuff was Thailand. Um, his grandfather shows him. We see like very similar shots from the dream of where Chan was killed by Shang Tsung. Uh, <laughs> this very then... spot. <laughs> Lou, nice to see you. You're standing exactly where your brother died. <laughs> It's like he's like this is where we found his body. Liu Kang looks down and just sees the like, blood. Like oh, this <laughs> is a chalk outline. <laughs> <laughs> the investigation is still ongoing. Don't step on that; it's evidence. Uh, and then there's kind of like a, I guess a, a meeting of the temple. Uh, they're arguing Council. whether Liu Kang should actually go to the tournament and represent them. Like, is he ready? Liu Kang has been given the dream. He is a chosen one. No, he left our temple. Turn his back on us. Why have you come back? I want to represent the Order of Light at the tournament. For what reason? The man who killed my brother will be there. That cannot be your only reason for going. Or you will fail. Oh, yes. I forgot. We're fighting for the fate of the world. Liu Kang, I guess, seems to not believe in any of this stuff. Calls his grandfather crazy. Like, Mortal Kombat's not fate of the world. He's, like, mocking them. I didn't understand how Liu Kang was so, like, nonchalant. And, like, you guys are being stupid and you're feeding me all these lies. And, you know, it's easy to, like, have the younger kids follow through with it. And then to have the immortal god of lightning show up and he's just like, eh, I still don't believe any of this. And the whole time, too, even later on, they don't. You're seeing all this spectacle and they're just like, OK. Yeah, that's stuff. All right. That's that's one of my even in the scene is like Raiden, I guess, comparing it to like Christianity. It's like Raiden is a god. But it's why didn't he just show up and, and do some lightning shit when Liu Kang was young and be like, yeah, I'm I'm a god. I can do this stuff need to believe in Mortal Kombat because <laughs> he has no problem showing up now and giving a little flash. And Dean, I don't know how involved you might be with Christianity, if that's your take on why didn't he just show up when he was young and no, just fire oh, sorry. off some stuff? Sorry. <laughs> you know, Catholicism. Why my point being, God just not... show up to mass, blast off some miracles and be like, OK, guys. Yeah, see then we don't have to believe. No, sorry. Yeah, my point in bringing that up was like, this isn't like Christianity, like where you're asked to have faith that God exists. Like, oh, Braden could <laughs> yeah. just show you, like, yeah, I've got some sweet lightning powers, and this isn't this isn't an illusion. I'm really doing this magic, and I am a god, and you need to believe in this shit. You might only have like two spell slots, so he's just waiting <laughs> to use them. <laughs> Sorry, Lou, I need a long rest. I have to sleep for a week. <laughs> At times, I feel like his power mimics that of Gandalf on how he is on such a higher level, but he never, ever uses that power. Right, unless it's absolutely like necessary. Tries, I'd yeah, love he to tries swap actively them. to just not use it. I guess I, I just was... feel like the fate of the world is something. It's like 
all right, let's cut with the the fake yeah, stuff. At like, least give them a parlor get, trick and just be like, yeah. let's get this over with. Zip, zap, yeah. come on. <laughs> get on the boat. Oh, the only thing holding you back is that you don't believe it's real because logically, why would you? Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> he just electrocutes his grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> I'll also be at the tournament. See you there. <laughs> yeah, right. In the first one. Yeah, that would have been the case. Um, yeah, so... Liu Kang's stubborn. He's going anyway. If you are raided, why did you let Chan die? Why didn't you protect him? Why didn't you? I've had enough of this. I'm going to find my brother's killer at the tournament. With or without your consent. I guess he just knows where it's Shang Tsung's boat is going to dock. Well, I like how they're making the argument of like, oh, we have to determine if we're going to send Liu Kang. And at the end, they never decide. Liu Kang's just like, I'm going. And he walks away and it's like, oh, yeah, I guess. Okay, he's in. Well, he does say like, he isn't ready, my lord. And we've lost so much time. I know. But there's no one else. And maybe why didn't, if they knew Liu Kang's the chosen one, why didn't they give Liu Kang a call back from America a little bit earlier there? Yeah, they could have. Seen as, uh, I know they, they could never have gone cover over what his there. career is there, but I doubt he's like there in America to train nonstop and do martial arts. Well, maybe it was just his brother was the one that was meant to be the one to go to Mortal Kombat. And he got overzealous, tried to take on Shang Tsung so much faster and then got his ass kicked. And that's what triggered <laughs> the whole like, Lou, brother, dead, come visit. <laughs> so Liu Kang's not the chosen one. He's the chosen two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the leftovers um <laughs> so, so they go to the dock with the, right. the boat where the the boat to uh the well tournament is going to be this was a cool set i dig it it's very mid 90s like the dock with just sparks going and guys I was gonna working and yes. smoke Guess what industry this must be down here? <laughs> Sheet metal fabrication, because on every corner of the dock is just spark, like people grinding metal. <laughs> it's like a '90s music video too, you know, like a like a rock music video. And then just that majestic boat coming out, right? Um, so this giant dragon head pirate ship with all this smoke coming out of it arrives. Uh, who uh, it? Boggles me that nobody thought like there might be a fire because it is it it encompasses the entire dock when it arrives. It's just covered in <laughs> cloud. What if it was on fire? It gets in and just slowly starts to sink. <laughs> Shang Tsung has to send out notices. Funny if the dock workers working that night probably see that ship come every other day. Like, oh, it's here again. <laughs> they have to go on break because they got to wait for all the smoke to clear before they can resume. I just wanted one guy with a food truck outside of it just being like, Shang Tsung, got your things. Got the regular hair. I'll have a churro, please. <laughs> See, he has acclimated to uh, Earthrealm. <laughs> so we have everybody kind of meeting at the dock at this point. And this is where Johnny um, ends up talking with Lou for the first time. Hey, pal, when the ship comes in, could you put these on board? You want me to carry your luggage? Yeah, I pay money, you carry the bags. Or is that too complicated? No. I got it. Good. Mm, thank God I didn't ask him to park the car. He really doesn't take any shit. 
Well, plus I like how he has early no on, like, he's like smiling and he's laughing about it. And then later on, he's like joking with Johnny. I'm glad they didn't make him just this like stoic, serious warrior the entire movie. It was no, he's also very human. He jokes around. He has fun. He is here to do his job. But like it's it's nice being able to it see goes him with his character, up. though. Yeah. Yeah. It's very it, here. He. Yeah, well, he was ostracized by his um, his family because he wanted to go to America and they didn't like that. So him wanting to be that free spirit that he is actually makes a lot of sense. And it shows that. And I'm glad they were able to keep that up. Yeah, I mean, it's very hero's journey ish, except we don't really get the rejection of the call to action. It kind of opens and he's already rejected the call, which was being the chosen one. So, yeah, he is that kind of naive know physically talented but intellectually naive uh with uh everything that's at stake it kind of he changes kind of quickly though once they get to the island he's already like seems to be locked into that way of thinking but i mean he kind of switches into serious action mode once he gets into the actual fights right it kind of it kind of is a switch yeah because at Um, this point it's like who's there to fight i'm still waiting for the tournament so right Really cool reveal of Kano in that long shot when that whatever is that's in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's the trailer shot. Just that that long shot, and I forget what it is like swinging, like a light swinging, and if it's the sparks or not, but just reveals him in sh- in in the doorway, just standing in his eye, and it's like cuts to that close up in the music cue. That's it. Hold on. That's it, baby. Come to Papa. And Sonya immediately is like, he's fucking dead. I'm going to get him. <laughs> I had a count because the last time I saw this, like years ago, it stood out to me on how many times through the whole movie. She's like, where's Kano? I want Kano. <laughs> and I actually started to do a count to see how many times she says it. But in reality, it's not nearly as high as I remembered. It's just because when you first get introduced to her, that's her whole fixation. But. That only lasts for about maybe 15, 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah. And that's it. It's like it's not all of her lines, but it's her first seven lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's persistent. So by the time before before she even gets to the boat, she asks for Kano on three separate occasions. So that's one Kano almost every five minutes. <laughs> Kano's per hour. KPMs. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I like how like they so they meet Art Lean. Um, and Johnny talks with the guy, they chat Art ends up, he's another martial artist. He says, oh, like I've seen your stuff in London. It was great. You're Arlene, aren't you? Man, I saw you fight in London. You were great. Thanks. I saw a couple of your films. Listen, you can't fake those moves. Yeah, well, tell that to the press. And it kind of sets them up. They're nice. They're fun. And that they actually go onto the boat and Sonia runs into Johnny Cage immediately pulls a gun on it, puts it to his head, and is like, where's Kano? <laughs> you know, as you do. She's a bit short-sighted. Also yeah, left so Jax back on the dock. Poor Jax. He seemed like he could have been like a good Jax if he was just his small, his few lines. Like he looked kind of imposing, like a military man. And you know, he had a good look about him and sounded good too. Too bad they had to recast. But... um. I mean, that whole, that sequel is a whole other... I mean, they didn't make a sequel, right? There was never a sequel to this. Well, it, there's right? the reboot that comes out soon. 
Right, but there was no movie after 1995. It was... There were actually no movies at all after 1995. <laughs> there was only combat. <laughs> um, so we get onto the boat, uh, the leaky boat, uh, which I feel like out of any set in the whole movie kind of feels the cheapest and like the least real to me. Just be, I guess it doesn't actually feel like they're on the water or in the ocean or anything. Just because the lighting and like it doesn't move like a boat. I think they kind of add some camera movement, but it just otherwise feels like a set. But I think that's maybe Scorpion's layer, but the only other time in the movie where it's like, ah, the set kind of shows it's low budget. That's why there was chains everywhere. <laughs> well, the below deck, I didn't have much as much of a problem with as being on on top of the deck. That was, that was my only like set dressing gripe or just set, or just set of the movie that I was like, eh, they could have could have done a little better here. Maybe maybe just like even filmed in a dock like on a real ship and just dress it up a little bit. But um, they they all meet and converge and Sonia's looking for Kano. <laughs> There's another funny line from uh, Robin or from Liu Kang here. Like, I don't know who you're talking about, but I'm sure I can help you find him. Out of my way. Just another starstruck fan, huh? Yeah, like he, he was fun early. I mean, he's fun throughout the more on the early part before they kind of get into the serious stuff. But I like when they get downstairs and Sonia finds Shang Tsung and then the two of them show up, um, Johnny Cage and Liu Kang to kind of support her. And she's like, when I want backup, I'll radio for it. And it would have been great for it to just cut to the dock and just have Jax be like, Sonia, <laughs> Sonia. <laughs> it's like daylight. There's like a bird on his shoulder. He's swimming behind <laughs> the boat. Sonia. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Shang Tsung just mysteriously appears out of the shadows and uh, summons Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Deadliest of enemies, but slaves under my power. It, it kind of sucked to see them just again, it's a 90 minute, you know, whatever movie you can't delve into everybody's history. So Scorpion Sub-Zero become, you know, kind of henchman fodder, one, but main two. fodder. And you don't really, oh, there's they're slaves, but they have such different such history that they can't get into and kind of just makes them, you know, sub villains here in the movie. But they are still badass nonetheless. They come out. This is that cool shot from the trailer where they enter the room. They immediately start showing off their supernatural abilities. Sub-Zero breaks off Sonya's gun, which even if something's broken like that frozen metal, is it more? I guess it's more brittle, right? Yeah. But that still is impressive to snap the barrel of a gun off with your well, I'm fingers. I'm wondering if his thing isn't just freezing the outside. It's freezing it like completely. A deep freeze. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Things are more brittle when they're that cold, I guess. I don't, I, I'm not a fan of the living spear for Scorpion, but I guess I can see how it would have been very difficult to make. What is that weapon called? Do you know what the weapon's called? The spear with the chain with the spear. Like a kunai. The yes, exactly. To make that work in with the technology and like back then would have been very difficult. So I can see why they did that, but. No, I mean, I think they should have just stuck with the the, the spear tip and call it a day. Because, I mean, he's standing next to a guy that can make a gun freeze. I don't think people are going to question whether or not why this guy's able to 
materialize a knife out of the palm of his hand versus some weird alien thing. Yeah, I guess it's like it still could have been, oh, it comes out of his hand. It's magical, but it didn't need to have a head and a mouth and like eyes <laughs> and a voice. <laughs> yeah. Was that Frank Welker? Um, <laughs> probably was. Um, so that's that's my only gripe with Scorpion in that in the spear. It's just like, why make it a little animal? Just keep it a spear. But in the, uh, to digress, in a new movie, in the trailer, like, that seems to be, they seem to have made that work well. The kunai, like, as an actual weapon that he's actually using to fight people with. Like, it seems like they've got that on lock in the new movie. But we'll see, dear listener. We will see. When's that come out again? Uh, from the date of this release. It's, it's April 22nd, so... You know, two almost two month. weeks and change. Yeah, three weeks from when uh, this drops. Um. So yes, Scorpion Sub Zero make uh, an appearance, and they're all about to throw down until Raiden shows up in real Raiden fashion, like made of like this guy that's made of electricity, comes down and just smokes them away. What if when he blasts them back, he accidentally killed Sub Zero and Scorpion? <laughs> <laughs> he goes to oh. goes to Mortal Kombat jail like dude you fucking <laughs> killed my fighter Raiden you should probably lay low for a while <laughs> I know this guy Casey Jones he has a farmhouse <laughs> or what if Raiden then just turns and he's like I'm sorry rules I have to kill two of you now <laughs> <laughs> you choose I'll be back I'm going to keep Liu Kang <laughs> sorry <laughs> um I like how after Raiden saves them here and they kind of go back out and Johnny is doing his whole like guy with things coming out of his hand. We got another guy who freezes stuff. And then there's a man who, as far as I can tell, is made out of electricity. I mean, how did he disappear like that? What is going on here? Who is this guy? It reminds me of Jack Burton in Big Trouble Little China after the the (laughs) alley fight scene. He's like, oh, a guy with light coming out of his eyes. First you see him. Now you don't. I mean, Raiden was probably directly based on that more than likely yeah yeah just like um oh side note john claude van damme was offered the role of johnny cage and um mortal kombat the first game was partially based on blood sport that's like really kind of the idea like it's like a mix of blood sport and uh uh the bruce lee movie. Oh, what's the bruce lee game movie? of death oh yeah, no no, um, no enter the dragon yes exactly yeah how can i forget that title it's kind of a high. Well, somebody had to take that son of a bitch bison down. <laughs> I guess it was going to be him. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's it. He turned it down to do street. He was turned it down to be Guile. Maybe that was good for Mortal Kombat in this case. I don't know. Lyndon Nashby did a great job. But just a fun note. So, yeah, they're back up on the boat deck and Raiden. This is where Raiden drops the Mortal Kombat bombs on them. Like, yeah, you're here to fight to the death. To save your world. But it's not about death. It's about life. It's about life. (laughs) I get why Liu Kang is nonchalant, even though I still expect him to like, you know who Raiden is. You should be like. He's heard stories of Raiden and he's like, yeah. Yeah, you should be groveling at his feet because it's a Norse (laughs) person like hearing stories of Thor all of his life. And then he fucking meets him for the first time. Like, holy shit, you're real. But Sonya and Johnny Cage is just like, eh, whatever. Like, okay, all right. You're literally seeing magic for the first time. How lackadaisical are they in 
LA. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty jaded. What are you, Lightning God? That's fine. Can you get my luggage? <laughs> he s- s- slips Raiden a 20. <laughs> hey, so uh, this guy dropped my luggage out there. It'd be really easy for you to move my luggage, dude. <laughs> so I like yeah. how he explains this whole thing of they have the battle, the tournament to determine um, if Earthrealm is protected. In order to invade Earthrealm, Outworld needs 10 straight victories in Mortal Kombat and they've won nine. Wow. <laughs> Pants, cue pants shitting. Oh, fuck. I want to see the other nine losses they suffered, (laughs) which I guess makes sense. At the hands of Goro. The fight against Chan or the fight with Chan was uh, tournament number nine. (laughs) No, it's once a generation. Every 50 years is in Mortal Kombat. So it's been 500 years since they've been doing these uh, tournaments. I mean, um. It's been 500 years since the great Kung Lao lost to Goro. And Goro's been kicking ass for 500 years. Um, I think the same thing happened in the lore. Like, Outworld was set to win. And then Kung Lao comes along and kicks Shang Tsung's ass. Stopping Outworld. And so they have to do the whole cycle again. And then they bring in Goro. And he kills the great Kung Lao and that's and then and you know he wins up until this point. Because I remember Kung Lao like historically. I know Kung Lao in lore won once, I think, and then as you said, like he died in the other. If this is fifty years apart, do you know if it was fifty years in the actual game too? Because that would make Kung Lao like yeah, of course a guy lost to Goro, because by that point he would have had to have been what, like sixty-eight, seventy? <laughs> Uh, as the lore goes, you're granted immortality until the next tournament as the champion. Ah, to defend your to defend the title. I was gonna say, unless he beat him when he was like nine, <laughs> past his prime. Spry seventy um, four year old Kung Lao coming out there getting beaten to death by uh, four armed Goro. Yeah, like there was the great Kung Lao of Earth Realm, and then the Kung Lao today with the hat is just another descendant related to Liu Kang and everything. They're both descended from Kung Lao. He just takes his name. But yeah, so we get the whole spiel, Raiden, (laughs) cracks wise. The fate of billions will depend upon you. (laughs) Sorry. Terrific for him to make jokes considering (laughs) that, by the way, we might have fallen asleep at the wheel here and lost nine <laughs> tournaments over the past 450 years. I haven't been able to train shit. <laughs> it's funny because everything's hand-to-hand combat, so it's not like technology was stopping them. It's just like, we can't find anybody to fight these MFers. So once Raiden's done explaining things, he looks up and apparently something has begun. <laughs> I don't know what has begun. It? That's Shang the Sung. thing from Harry Potter with the snake in the skull. <laughs> Shang Tsung is very excited. He's 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 getting something out of whatever it is beginning. It's just it's like the <laughs> it's almost like a festival. It's like a power has begun. Look, it has begun. It has begun. The opening ceremony. He just lets I, out like an ultimate warrior woo or the Ric Flair woo. 
<laughs> that just confused me because I mean I accepted it as a kid, but now I'm looking at it as like what is what has begun? Because you get to the island and the the, fight, the tournament doesn't even really start. I guess I look at it as maybe they're crossing the plane into his little realm oh, of island, yeah. maybe. Maybe. But it's really not clear and it's just like <laughs> It has begun. What, is, what, what has stu- it? What? what is it? What is this faith no more? <laughs> Mercury Mercury is in retrograde. It's what you're witnessing. <laughs> well, I like how he comes out while they're talking. He does that. And then I just half expect him to just like finish. It goes back to normal. And then he just quietly walks back into his cabin. <laughs> well, it's over. It has ended. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. So now they actually get to the island, which now we finally see like all of the, the beautiful Thailand scenery, which We've recently been watching the reality show Below Deck Mediterranean on the yachts and one season takes place in Thailand and I'm looking around. I'm like, oh, I know where they docked some of these boats. (laughs) (laughs) That's a popular. Thanks, Mortal Kombat. Apparently that was like a kind of remote location for filming that island. Like it wasn't mainland and they had to like take canoes with all the equipment out there and like build toilets and everything it amuses me on how many times movie studios will do that they'll go into the most remote place that require like days of travel really expensive uh, vehicles in order to move all of those you know heavy duty equipments and stuff just to get a shot for like maybe 20 minutes that's dedication i'd be interested to see just how much of the budget was spent for travel and setup of all of these different things just curiosity's sake but i mean i guess it worked out because like the thailand sets look great and all of the the scenery looks terrific i guess in re in reality what there's only like arriving to the island walking on the beach the fight on the beach quote unquote (laughs) the fight um and then the temple at the beginning and end of the movie, like that's the only real exteriors, I think, right? Everything else I think is sets. So I guess it wasn't too much they had to go and do, but traveling a production like that is extremely expensive. Also, I like how Sonia waited this long to finally try to radio Jacks and she's like, ah, it's not working. It's like, yeah, because at this point you've boarded a boat in what I assume was what? Los Angeles, New York, something like that. And you've now gone to Thailand and you're trying to radio him. (laughs) (laughs) Look at your compass. North is nowhere. It's everywhere. (laughs) Surrounds us. It binds us. I want to know what kind of amenities the fighters get because Sonya boarded that ship with nothing. Like she doesn't have a toothbrush. She doesn't have deodorant, a change of clothes. Um, Though she's wearing cutoff shorts later on. I don't know who gave her those. That's all Shang Tsung gave her. <laughs> we'll try to make you as comfortable as possible. Here's a pair of cut off denim shorts. I guess to be you have fair, like a toothbrush? Other... <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, if you crack this plan open and you can wash your mouth out with the acidic juices. Um, everybody, I guess, to be fair, has some kind of duffel bag. Uh, but she just, you know, she didn't know she was going to a tournament. She got swindled. So. He couldn't even show her courtesy of a toothbrush, but this is where Liu Kang is like, I give up. What's going on? I don't know. But what if all the legends were true? You're only now just starting to believe in the legends. 
After seeing Lightning Man and Freezing Man. <laughs> well, I like Johnny's reaction of, what legends? <laughs> it's like, oh, got, yeah, that's right. I love how he just face plants into the water, though, as he's trying to lug like those six bags with him. Yeah, like I, I'm glad that Lyndon Ashby ended up being Johnny Cage because I feel like Sean claude Van Damme, if they brought him in, would not have had the same personality as him as Johnny Cage. He could have nailed like just being a straight up asshole, but not like a funny one. Lovable yeah. asshole. He would just would have been an asshole. <laughs> he would have nailed the the diva asshole part of it without the humor. So then they, they take I think Shang Tsung's secret plan is to tire them out by making them take a, a thousand stairs. Two thousand stairs. <laughs> Did you his, see that to his Johnny's castle. luggage fell? He drops yeah. one because he kind of like yeah, falls back. Yeah, that zoom out shot. Yeah, that that um, they I didn't notice fall, everything that. he's holding falls back down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, I never noticed that with the those? first time I watched. Luke Which, like, "Do you need help with those?" Like, "Yes, I've been asking everyone for <laughs> four days." Without Luke King luggage. just drops it off the side of the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know what I was expecting after slipping him another forty. <laughs> Yeah, he asks, he asks him again. He just punts it down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Fool me so, twice, shame on me. They finally get into like this um, clearing with all of the the fires that are lit and the candles and the it's like statues. A, it's like, it's and, like a cave interior. It's like it's been hollowed out. It's just, yeah, yeah. It's like these are s- such cool sets. Yeah, and then we finally meet Katana. And then we finally also meet Reptile, which when we talked about some CGI that hasn't aged terrifically, Reptile. All of it. I think it's All the... All Reptile. I think he looks good when he is being a chameleon. Like that stuff yes. looks believable. Yeah, it has that predator effect. But when he shows his true rainbow skin form, it's like, oof. Yeah, it's like something out of Turok 1. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, he... When he's blending him in the background, I think it actually looks like. Yeah. I mean, even by today's standards, like, yeah, that looks pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it looks like predator cloaking. Apparently, Reptile wasn't even going to be in the movie once the uh, or, or that's not necessarily true. But the fight later on doesn't happen with him until after yeah, the actual ninja reptile. Yeah. But they didn't know exactly what he was going to look like until after the movie was completed. Not that you needed to know in the scene saying Shang Tsung just kind of looks at him and he runs off after, you know, revealing himself. Um, I just wonder why Katana is just like sitting there, like just watching everybody. <laughs> I don't know what her role was at that point, other than to just find some way to introduce her. <laughs> she feels very aloof until uh, <laughs> later on. She's just like a rich, like a, a trust fund, like eh, I'm just here, <laughs> like checking out this tournament of death. Like I'm going to. I'll be going to the club later on. The emperor's adopted daughter. I'm not calling you dad. <laughs> then there's this great feast. Uh, I well, I want a restaurant. A great feast. Oh yeah, like wanna, sitting on the floor. I want a restaurant that's like the medieval times, but it's this. It's this giant feast that's Mortal Kombat themed, where you eat and then watch contestants battle in Mortal Kombat. That's, that'd be great. <laughs> Real Mortal Kombat, though. So, like, oh, I remember Steve. He was great. What happened to him? Oh, yeah, that's right. He's uh, he's dead now. <laughs> We've got a high turnover at this restaurant. 
Well, I like um, how they're all having their feast and they're just kind of enjoying the time. And then all of Shang Tsung's henchmen, which looking at all these guys, they have to have a budget dedicated entirely to baby oil. But they all come out <laughs> here and then they end up clearing like bussing tables, which for anybody out there that are like restaurant workers, I assume you probably at some point those people that stay until the very end at the end of a shift, you probably want to do this where like 40 guys came out dragged everybody away, flipped all the tables, and then just kind of like threw it off to the side. Who had to get clean done, that up though later here. on? Okay. Well, yeah, they cleaned it up for a fight. So there were two straws. There were two short straws drawn this night. The first guy had to clean up all the food. Second guy had to fight Sub-Zero. <laughs> <laughs> and the third guy had to clean up the first or second guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We'll be melting it. We'll be using him to keep the food cold, the leftovers <laughs> cold. Um, uh, oh, I thought it was a funny shot. Like, yeah, you see this feast going on and it shows the doors like Raiden standing outside, like sad, like the doors closed, like Raiden can't come to the feast. You're not invited. <laughs> he just like watches them as the doors close. That is weird, though, that like Shang Tsung is the one hosting it. And obviously he's going to be there for it. But even though Raiden is clearly. Wait, I actually get these mixed up constantly. So if I say Raiden or Raiden, I'm sorry. It's just I played more Metal Gear and I'm just so used to it. Raiden. Raiden. So <clears throat> when Raiden is known to be pulling the strings for the good guy side and getting everything all set up, it's weird on how he keeps himself separate from the entire tournament. And he's not more of an active part of it because clearly if the tournament is set up so that, you know, 10 times in a row, Outworld wins and then they get to take over. The good guy should have a representative and clearly it's him, but it, it's just funny to me that he's not present. I mean, he doesn't even throw them a dinner or a pizza party <laughs> or I'd be like this sushi this Shane guy. Not too bad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, pretty lavish. Show. <laughs> <laughs> um, Raiden, I think it's kind of established. They establish it really quickly with, um, or they don't, they don't establish it quickly, but they only use one line of dialogue when they're on Shang Tsung's boat. He's like, till we get to the island, like you have no dominion. Like, I think he's kind of just kind of says quickly, like you can't do shit once we get there. Like you can't be involved because it's against the rules. But he is kind of though anyway, he does like hang out with them and try to teach them still. So I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean like so much as it's like little... he's not even hanging out during dinner. Or like in a lot of the scenes, he's just, where's Raiden? I don't know. But Shang Tsung <laughs> is constantly doing stuff like you can't get involved and you can't meddle and interfere with the tournament. Meanwhile, that's all Shang Tsung is doing. I mean, unless it's a case of we're comparing Raiden and Shang Tsung. But what if it's Shang Tsung's just there to facilitate it? It's more Raiden and Shao Kahn. How like Shao Kahn can't be involved at all. So he's just completely out of the tournament. And oh, Raiden should true. be too. Well, maybe also yeah, it's like no, there isn't a mediary between you know it would be directly Shao Kahn versus Raiden and there's no equal to uh um Shang Tsung that's right I mean I think Shao Shang Tsung is from Outworld but his island is like supposed to be like a neutral place existing somewhere between the realms but I don't know what just they just decided that but he gets the right to host it but he does throw a lavish party, but yeah, he's just like, fuck your food. <laughs> Get up. 
Well, I like this is the first like real, well, not real fight with Sub-Zero, but we finally see this guy come out to fight Sub-Zero. He's doing all of these like flips and kicks and whatnot. And then he just runs, gets frozen by Sub-Zero and just shatters on the ground. And all I can think of is the scene in Indiana Jones when the guy's doing all the sword tricks (laughs) and then he just shoots him. Right. It is like a callback. Also, I like how Shang Tsung then says flawless victory. And this is probably the only time in the movie somebody says that where it's actually a flawless victory. Yeah. The, the, yeah, that's a that's a point that was going to come up later on. Also, this guy that does a jump kick at Sub-Zero. I know it's like, you know, movie special effects doing whatever, but he flies across the room like to have that kind of momentum to sail past Sub-Zero <laughs> and yeah. then shatter. I mean, it, it actually looked like Liu Kang's kick. In the game right. where he just does yeah, like the, the flying, flying kick. kick. So maybe he had some powers after all, just not, you know, crazy <laughs> superpowers. Just not ones and, that uh, prevented him from being frozen and shattered. And Johnny's line here goes back to the the cavalier attitude towards the gravity of the situation. Just saw a dude get frozen, explode. He's dead. And he's like, come to a little tournament, he said. Be good for the career, he said. Yeah, right. It's very diehard. Yeah. It's like, dude, this is, have a few laughs. You're gonna, he's like, you're gonna fucking die. Like he's like, but nobody's thinking like that at this point. It seems. Well, I think as they're doing it, it then cuts back to Goro, and all you see at this point is just like his hand. So as they're doing all this tournament, and he's just like a hand on the wall, and you just hear <laughs> breathing, and all I can think of is like, "Hello" from the other side. Yeah, I have a note. It's like just like it just seems like he's pining at Luke at Luke yeah. Kang. Like he's like the way his hand just like traces, just like kind of uh, grazes the the fence between them. He's just like kind of staring at him. <laughs> um. So. They decide, so Shang Tsung leaves the hall after this demonstration and they uh, decide they're going to follow him because they all have the, re- well, Sonya and Liu Kang have their reasons. And then Johnny Cage is just trying to get in Sonya's pants. So he's going along too. Um, They, you know, they're getting lost. <laughs> they have a run in with Goro, kind of, where they're just standing and see his shadow on the wall. Which made me laugh because they, you know, there's a shot over their shoulders. They see a four-armed creature's shadow on the wall, and he's just like, <laughs> "Did he know they were following them, or is this just a regular occurrence that he just stops and is just just screams?" I think it's just his routine. <laughs> Maybe he has like. Uh, degenerative disease and he's just like in pain all the time i don't know it's, i mean he is 500 after, years after old. 30 i understand it <laughs> <laughs> yes you get immortality but your bones don't <laughs> things pop when you stand up <laughs> he's just he's just in pain constantly so his growl just made me laugh just like he's just doing that all the time well that's um, why when johnny kills him later he says thank you <laughs> My pain is ended. <laughs> so they finally come across. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Wait, where am I going to So there's a second yeah, they, feast they, going on with all of these like, 
the staircase and the candles and Kano is sitting across from Goro just like eating a whole turkey. Uh, I thought as a kid that looked like the tastiest fucking turkey leg I've ever seen in my life. I always wondered why he's taking bites and he's talking and then he just spits it out. And I'm like, but why? <laughs> turkey he's trying to not... watch his figure. Do you, do you see him later on? Like he's he's shredded. Like he just wants the taste. He's like, no, t- turkey legs like that. They have a lot of tendons in them. And he's just that, that was, biting it down ferociously. He's not being mindful. Yeah, that was my real thought. He's like spitting bones or something he's got in his mouth. But Or unless yeah. it's because they shot this multiple times and he doesn't want to actually eat. Because if you have to shoot <laughs> this seven times bucket. and you eat three bites of turkey every time, he's probably consumed four turkey legs at this point. That's a good point. And it does fit with his kind of just slobby, carefree attitude, just like spitting food <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Um, it just cuts disgusting. the cater. He's just licking turkey legs and throwing them on the ground. I so for years when he's talking to Goro and he says, I'm something of an underworld boss myself, you know, back home. And Goro does the Oh lucky for them back home. My brother would say that to me for years. To this <laughs> day, if I have anything that I reference like back home, he'll say that to me. <laughs> How and lucky for them. How lucky for them back home. Yeah, that's that's a I, I mean, ditto. I didn't have a brother that was saying that to me all the time. But that line always stuck. With you want me. mine? Yeah. OK. Is there an exchange program? <laughs> I trade you for Dogecoin. I so this is like the reveal of Goro. Um, I think. I, I'm happy to see a puppet like a real tangible uh puppet costume for goro a puppet yeah he is a puppet he's an animatronic puppet he's half man half puppet Mark, um, i thought you were I guess being the, like metaphorical because he's a puppet for shang song <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't sure which direction of yes. puppet you were going with like muppet or like the actual real thing okay there are layers to this movie and to our show yes um the torso seems long yes i was gonna say like it's a real man like under like on the bottom half, like and it's just a real man's length of leg, <laughs> like a, probably a regular, maybe a six foot guy. I don't know. So with his extended torso, he looks like extremely top heavy. Um, it's a shame they couldn't do something. I think that's the only thing like CGI Goro in the new movie will improve upon is like an like the the scale of his and proportions of his limbs, like he'll probably look more like not so top heavy. You just yeah, I mean, tap him on the head. He's going to fall down. All they need to do is make him essentially like end game Hulk, but with four arms. Exactly. I do yeah, like I, that. I, at least they had the independence of each arm and it wasn't like one arm attached to another with a sh- like a fish wire or something. <laughs> yeah. The robotics and the arms looked pretty good. I mean, the um, whole time, like the suspension of belief isn't there. Like, I know I'm looking at some kind of weird animatronic. Yeah, but it, I guess it, it works. Yeah, because unlike the turtles, which. You know, it's an anthropomorphic or it's not totally it's not a human face. It's more forgivable, but Goro his face is a essentially human looking. So those imperfections and lip movements and stuff, and he, he does look like a puppet. Um, but it's not it's not it's not terrible. Um, and apparently he was he broke all the time. 
but he was really sophisticated. But he delayed shooting a lot because he was not, he would not be working. So Liu Kang, Sonya, and Johnny Cage are hiding on a, like an alcove, like a window into this room on the, uh, the upper floor. It looks like. And it, so the shot looks down into the room. There's all these, all those candles you mentioned. Like who has to, that's another short straw draw from <laughs> who has light to light all, the all those candles. Every movie like that has candles set up like that, like somebody has to light them. And it's those little, <laughs> th- little subtle nuances like you don't think of when you're watching it. Like somebody <laughs> had to have gone in and that like just that over the shoulder shot looking at Shang Tsung and you see at least like 50 candles on one side of the staircase alone. <laughs> one dude had a light each and every single one of them, not to mention replace them as they go out. It's right. probably Scorpion. <laughs> it's easy for you. Time. You just spray, just open your mouth and turn in a circle. Um, yeah, it's funny to think about those kind of things. So I think this is the first point that Shang Tsung name drops Kung Lao as an ancestor to Liu Kang when he's talking with uh, yeah. Goro and the gang there. I've come to warn you that Gong Lao's descendant is competing in the tournament. You must handle him carefully. I saw this Liu Kang in the hall. He'll pose no problem. This is no time for foolish pride. Which also then he mentions that Katana's a threat because she's the rightful heir to the throne because Shao Kahn killed her father or whatever it was and then adopted her Thanos style um, and that she's 10,000 years old. Yeah. She doesn't look a day over 30. <laughs> Moisturize. It's a key. <laughs> this is one of those moments where it's like, oh, they're really ham fisting uh, some exposition. And like, he's like, I want you to watch out for Katana. And Gore was like, the emperor's adopted daughter. Why should I worry about her? <laughs> Just like nobody you mean would say when it. Shao Kahn adopted her after <laughs> defeating her father. Is that the same katana we're talking about? <laughs> um, there's just those moments throughout the movie that are like, it's, it's like, oh man, they're, they have to ham fist some, some uh, exposition in here. Well, every conversation they have like that saves enough time that we can get another reptile fight or second Johnny Cage fight scene. That's true. So the three are three heroes decide to split from their observing this little chit chat going on and they make a noise. Uh, Shang Tsung is like, find out what the hell that was. Uh, so they're <laughs> off. That was his to- exact line. <laughs> Go around, find out what the hell that find was. Find out what the hell that was. Um, <laughs> so they're off trying to find their way back. They're trying to find Katana. Uh, and that's where they have a run in with Reptile. This is where I think it looks fairly decent. Yeah, the cloaked reptile. Yeah, like Lu, uh, Liu Kang breaks ahead of the group and goes through this weird cave area that's just blue. And uh, he kind of has a moment where he's like, is there something there like Predator style? And reptile comes out and. I don't know what Spits he blasts him in the face with, but Luke, Luke Kang seems to recover pretty easily. Like it's not, it can't be any worse than pepper spray. Cause or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. It's just like steam. <laughs> <laughs> Classically reptile spits, um, you know, debilitating acid. Uh, obviously this would have ended Luke. Kang. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a mullet <laughs> on uh, a skull. 
<laughs> Does it look bad? Like, no, no, you look, you look fine. You just like Two Face from uh, Batman: The Dark just Knight, just sticking skin back onto it. You're looking better already. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that it was funny of thinking like that is that acid or is it just water? Because Liu Kang just shakes it off pretty much. I want to see Liu Kang fight Predator. Yeah. Put Dutch in Mortal Kombat yeah. and give me Liu Kang in Predator. I'd watch it. So this is when Johnny <laughs> says that he knows where Katana is because he can smell her perfume and then leads them right back into the feast room that they were in. Right. So we can get our first real fight of the movie. Well, which, I love how um, the theme song kicks in for this. Yeah, that was it, it kind of made it it made them feel like a like a team, like it's like Voltron, like assemble. Um, <laughs> they all just piece together. My notes was just Mortal Kombat in all caps for this scene. <laughs> <laughs> the announcer comes in, announces other fighters that aren't in the scene. Like, why are you saying that? Um, <laughs> Liu Kang. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny Cage. Okay. Sub-Zero. What? Wait, where is he? Um <laughs> That he decloaks and spits in his eyes. <laughs> you can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> um, so I like how during this fight, like it, it's cool seeing all of them kind of go into action. But Liu Kang goes up onto like one of the, the staircases, jumps up, does a double kick and kicks two guys in the face. And as they fall down, they use a bowling pin sound oh, effect, yeah. like a strike. Yep. And I heard it and I was like, oh, that might have been like, maybe I have another video playing somewhere else. And I went back and I played it again. I'm like, nope, they just used a strike bowling sound effect for those two guys. You regularly watch PGA in the background? I think that's a 90s trope that they love to throw in. Oh, a bunch of guys got knocked over. We definitely got to throw in the bowling ball strike. It's probably a macro. Yeah, it's not just like heightened sound design. That's that's just they're having car- it's cartoons at that point. And like the internals, it works because they, they continuously use it for every fight. But here it's just like, that's the only sound I think that's like. That. Yeah, I think that's the only kind of out of place sound effect in this movie. <laughs> so I wonder if somebody just said, put it in, just put it in. <laughs> Director Paul, Paul See Anderson if you get never away said anything. <laughs> I like it. Um, I will say, I think Sonia is, I think she does the character well, but I, I, I would I don't think she has the physicality that Sonya really needs like to be a Mortal Kombat, you know, contender. Like it's obvious that with Robin Shu, you can show him in full wide shot in continuous long takes doing choreography and fighting and jumping off walls. And to a lesser extent, Linden, like there's less cuts with him. Like you can do some choreography, but I think with Sonya, with Bridget Wilson, it's like, you have to cut around all of her fighting because she's like, you know, I think I'm sure they hired her for the character, not necessarily for her fighting ability. And I think it kind of shows when she does have to fight. Yeah, she's fit and I'm sure she can take training. But a lot's happened in movies over the last, I'd probably say, 20 years when it comes to actors training and prepping for movie roles. Right. And I don't think she would have had enough time, especially like no offense to Mortal Kombat, but like this isn't a triple A blockbuster, you know, like. This is and they hired you for Marvel three years ago and you have two years with a personal trainer to get ready for (laughs) the martial arts scenes. Exactly. 
I guess, and to be fair, if that tidbit is true, if Cameron Diaz, like a, a day before shooting breaks her wrist and we need a new Sonia, like she has no time. She's coming off a of Billy Madison, not a, a martial arts move. Yeah. I'm wondering yeah. how much of it she actually did herself, though, seen as um, she pushed to do like her own stunts as much as possible. I would imagine most of the stuff she it doesn't look like there's a lot that she would have needed a double for. Uh, like she's not jumping around too much. And who's to say, though? what was left on the cutting room floor that That's they might have filmed too, because they could have done a lot more and just the way that it was cut might have just been the best of what was given to them when they got, sh- when they were shooting, but who knows? Right. And I, I, it's not a slight against her. Like, again, like she probably did. It sounds like she had zero time to train for the role and she did the character well for what yeah. that was written for her. I mean, if it was me in that role, like you would definitely know the difference between my stunt double and me because it'd be like Spaceballs level of stunt doubles. Well, now now I want to see a reboot of Mortal Kombat with Nick as Sonya Blade. (laughs) The booty shorts and everything. We can make that. We can suede it. We can do our own little version. Where's Um, Kano? I was just about to say, give us your best. Where's Kano? So I like um, how they beat these guys and Johnny's like excited that it's like, hey, like they're on the ground. We're still standing. We kind of won this. And Raiden is just like lounging on the stairs and just starts clapping. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So why don't you show me what you plan to do about them? So all these other guys who came into the room and then as soon as they look over, they're like, ha, ah, and they get into position to attack. How long were they there that they were just going to stand by until Raiden, Lord of Thunder and Sass decides he's going to make a one liner and point over to the other group? If you can point out the space of the scene, they're all facing the direction those guys would have been standing. So they must have been hiding they wait for Raiden to distract him, sight. then they pop out and get into position. <laughs> Either that, and like Johnny's when, talking to the other two, you see him just his eyes keep darting over. <laughs> uh, guys, you want to take a look around? Um, I'm just gonna yeah, see how this Raiden, plays out. Raiden cracking jokes again, but being very threatening with his uh, electrical powers. He saves them from having to fight more people. So the tournament begins. Tournament. We finally get to combat of the mortal variety. Round first, one. First, yeah. First up is Liu Kang against, here I referenced earlier, WMAC Master Guy. I didn't look up his character, but the the guy that he fights with, the bow staff, he's he was on that show. I don't know. Chris Casamasso. Oh, I don't know. I, I think he was that. like the cyborg looking one. We need to have like a, a sub bonus episode of WMAC Masters. We all have to like refresh our memories on that one. I only vaguely remember that show. So I like how so they size each other up. They pound their staffs into the ground, <laughs> do their little prep thing before the fight starts. It was a decent fight. It's kind of like when they fine. do that, they jam the stick in. The guy's like, oh, I guess I'll do it. And it's like they're and then the other guy starts his warm up and like, oh, I guess I'll do my two. <laughs> Was this pre was this predetermined? They're like just feeding off each other like, oh, I'll do that. That's fine. They fight for a bit with the staves and all of that. And it's it's queer up. Well, it's fun. It's fast. I like it. And then Liu Kang finishes the fight by doing a a drop kick here 
like both feet on the guy's chest that blows both of them backwards. And then Liu Kang immediately goes into a kip up back to his feet. And my brother and I saw all the kip ups in this movie and tried forever <laughs> until we were able to do them as children. And we felt so cool being able to do the Mortal Kombat move. Oh, really? You could do that as yeah. a kid? That's awesome. Up until I hit my Let's college try it weight. Now. <laughs> Let's post videos of us on Twitter trying this. Right <laughs> so I like how. At this point, Shang Tsung, the guy's laying on the ground, he comes out and Shang Tsung takes a soul, which first time um, during the tournament that he steals a soul. Your soul is mine. No! I think that guy would have died either way, whether he got his soul taken or not, because Liu Kang did a double drop kick on him that launched both of them backwards. And he's just laying there that had to have busted all of his ribs. That's one of those sound effects that's like sounded like sounded like Gallagher smashing a watermelon. Like it was <laughs> like he just destroyed all of his internal organs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was a I mean, at that point, Shang Tsung is doing it out of mercy. <laughs> right. I Earth think realm that... is full of monsters. <laughs> we cannot win this tournament. <laughs> it's like he it's like he shattered his ribs, but like sent shockwaves and broke every other bone in his body. <laughs> it's like Theoden. My body is broken. <laughs> um. Yeah. I there was here's fan service where he says fatality. It's kind of like out of character. Like he wouldn't say that. They just threw it in there uh, for fan service. Fatality. Well, also, who was he saying it to? <laughs> the dead body. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. He can't hear me. I wait. He's like I'm talking to myself. He's inside me. He can hear me right now. <laughs> he summons him. <laughs> then we get a. An exterior shot, like later that day, it's Sonya's turn. Um, Shang <laughs> Tsung cuts to a clock and then cuts back. <laughs> Three hours later, Shang Tsung gifts Kano to Sonya. The heat in Thailand supposedly was to the point where Kano's faceplate kept falling off. Oh, I didn't know this. <laughs> that sucks. How much does that suck to be like, have to get put into this prosthetic and then the heat is just too much that it just can't stick? I'd be like, you know, Kano, this is your last scene in the movie, so we're just going to super glue it on for the day. <laughs> and then as your skin uh, peels and falls wet. off, it'll, it'll come off later on, you know. But we need to do this. And it sucks, too, because I'm sure that's not a two minute prosthetic. Every time you hear an actor going into the chair... Having to put on some kind of prosthetic, it takes them hours to get it done. Yeah, this one is like it's definitely like pressed into his skin. So they have to ad adhere it somehow. Like, yeah, there's probably some lengthy processes for, for doing something like that. It looks great. But yeah, I wonder what they did to uh, keep it there in the heat. <laughs> we finally get in touch with one of the special effects people and they're just like, no, yeah, it was super glue. We just super glued it to his face. <laughs> we had to pay him an extra thousand dollars for that one. 
We actually did it during the uh, audition, so we're real glad he ended up getting cast. Just wear that for the next three months. <laughs> so um, Sonia finally gets to fight Kano in a pretty quick match. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a couple punches, a couple kicks, and then just a head leg lock. <laughs> to which Shang Tsung then does, yes. <laughs> Which I don't know if he's doing that because Sonya's about to kill Kano or if he's just really into that head leg lock. <laughs> what I don't away. get is the whole time. <laughs> so Shang Tsung is supposed to be wanting Outworld to win, right? Right. Yeah. So the whole time he's like, I don't want you to touch Sonya. You know, make sure no harm comes to her. And then he's watching the fight and he's enjoying the fact that she's winning. Like, whose side is Shang Tsung on? <laughs> I think he's on outworld side but not kano's side not kano's side kano's a pawn they're both pawns he's like he's playing both sides like a fiddle here it's probably because he knows at the end of the day he's got goro in his pocket so it's like yeah i don't like kano go nuts kill kano because you're not passing goro i mean we'll get to it uh when the third act starts but i think he's just playing 5d chess uh, it seems like with sonya (laughs) she I guess back to the physicality. Granted, they treat Sonya like she, you know, has been trained in she's special forces. She knows hand to hand. She knows CQC. Um, <laughs> but just like the boss, his his physicality and like they just he just comes off like a brute, like bar fight brawler. Like that's how he fights. He's like kicking there in the in a stomach, just trying to stomp her and like smack her. Either backhands or like I mean, that's not what really, I would expect from Kano. Yeah, he doesn't have a fighting style, which which fits, but it, it, she doesn't come across like she could she could stop that. I guess he seems like he's he's opening himself up for punches and not defending himself at all when she's getting her shots in. Um, Hubris was his true weakness. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me with your best shot. So I like how out of the three of the main characters, I think Sonya is the only one that kills her opponent by choice and not necessity. <laughs> Everybody else, he's like, the round them. Is he over. doesn't even say it. Oh. And she's just like, yep, done. <laughs> Shang Tsung does, oh, wait. <laughs> Shang, yeah, Shang Tsung. We have plans for him, too. <laughs> I don't know the code to his bank account. Um, I have an unresolved Venmo. I feel like she, she could have... He, Kano could have gotten out of that leg hold. Like, I don't think he could have like picked her up by the thighs and like slammed her head on the ground or something. It's it's it, that was kind of a wonky like finishing move. Like, I mean, what if we found out that Shang Tsung had poisoned the turkey and the goblet? <laughs> he was seeing double. Yeah. But he's coming out here weakened. <laughs> yes. He's out here. He's like, I'm seeing ghosts. So, yeah, she un ceremoniously just snaps his neck with her thighs. No, Sonia, don't. I'll give me a break. Okay. That's how I want to go. Truth. uh, And then we get to probably the best fight of these first three, which is Johnny Cage v. Scorpion in the rubber tree farm. So why why was Johnny there when the tournament was happening on the beach uh you know um just decided to I go guess, for a stroll 
it's yeah it's interesting they use the first like why use the same two location same location for the first two fight and then like why not give sonya and kano a different place to or rot or Kang a different place to throw down i mean maybe it's a case of like when you go to a music festival and they have stage a stage b i mean from a video <laughs> game standpoint it makes perfect sense but from a film standpoint why is one of the three main characters not together with the other guys it's never said yeah. why he's going through like a stroll through the woods. Well, the right. evidently this was one of the actual fights in the tournament, and it wasn't like Scorpion just attacked him because I guess in the right. novelization, Art Lean was there and watched the fight before he went into like the second realm. I was gonna say, did he go through a portal too? Yeah, because he ended up. <laughs> I guess in the novelization, he saw the shadow kick that Johnny Cage does against Scorpion and asks him if he can teach him. Oh wait, like. So in the novelization, that was a special move. Yeah. So he sees when he does the the shadow kick and he's like, you've, you've got to teach me that. And I guess he doesn't. <laughs> Please. I need it for, I need it for my fight. Um, <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, a, it's so a down back A. Apparently that forest, maybe, um, I, I think it was actually like hand planted or those trees, they're fake trees, but they were all, that wasn't, that's not a natural place. They. Um, I mean, none of those places are natural, but they did construct that whole little forest area for that scene. Whenever I used to be in an area with like long rows of trees, I just always would think back to that scorpion fight because it's the only thing that can come to mind. I like how so scorpion has a magic animal harpoon kunai comes out of his body, but there is a limit to it. (laughs) <laughs> conveniently <laughs> or yeah it it is a limit I, I i'm looking at it as that and not just like a snag like he reached the rope's end and it just happened to be an inch from johnny's face which still happens to be like 100 feet long <laughs> yeah right which i mean like this is another example of the school of um the prometheus school of running away from things so instead of <laughs> zigzagging to try to tie up the rope he just goes in a straight line does do a nice uh Nice front roll, shoulder roll. Well, I think he goes around a couple trees because it does go around a couple trunks. But then, yeah, he does a dead run towards the tree at the end for the last one, which also I'm wondering, like, where does all this cord go? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like it's, it's it's magic or it's if you saw an X-ray vision, you'd see like his entire internal body is just rope. <laughs> it's like <laughs> coursing out of him when he throws the uh, harpoon. <laughs> Um, so he tries to end Johnny right away with his special. He's like, fuck this guy. Like <laughs> I'm stopping, stopping it now. Later on, Sub-Zero waits, you know, till he gets beat a little bit. So, uh, the real fight starts when they get to Scorpion's lair slash, I guess that's the nether realm. Yeah. Cause Johnny um, Cage does the, the shadow kick and Scorpion teleports and he follows him in. And then we have the, some sort of gritty reboot of shoots and ladders. This was the other set that I was like, oh, this just looks like kind of a set that like is haphazardly. Let's I mean, just I thought have... it looked cool. <laughs> a bunch I mean, of ladders, a bunch of cobwebs. At, at the time, I think I, I did. But looking back on it, it's like, eh, that's just a just a big room filled with bamboo ladders and stuff. And yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if they wrote what the writer wrote or envisioned for that scene. I mean, I think it's just it's cool because it goes on and on. It's like super high and super deep. That was so an airport up, hangar. That's where they built that set. I remember that bit of trivia. That's actually O'Hare. 
<laughs> the portal to hell is an O'Hare. <laughs> my least favorite set was the deck of the ship. This would be my second least favorite. The rest of them, I think, were pretty good. Um, just personally, that's my thoughts on that. But the fight here is pretty brutal and it's, it's pretty good, I'd say. Johnny gets his ass handed to him uh, a lot. Uh, he said, Lyndon Ashby said this fight was like, he actually got hit a couple times <laughs> from Chris, like doing the scene, like when he was actually, when it was him and not a stuntman. But it's a pretty good, I think it's a pretty interesting fight in one of the better fights of the movie when they get to this point. Yeah. I mean, up until the point where Scorpion pulls his face off and <laughs> he's a flaming skull and he breathes fire at Johnny Cage. That's a cool and appropriate, you know, nod to the games and the powers. Yeah. Like Scorpion's like sick of shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> what if that's come over here? I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> where, uh, so before they get to that point, what was Johnny's... Uh, end game with like the gymnastics routine to get up to that like higher point he just kind of he flips up there and looks down at him like what now i mean i think <laughs> so he's just, just like trying to assess the breather? situation and get some distance getting a breather like where the hell am i yeah because i mean at that point he probably assumes like scorpion's gonna have to come up after me and then i can just like kick him in the face while he's climbing he wasn't expecting him cool just like power kick out the entire thing it is a cool shot that canted angle like on the on the bar routine like when he's swinging around, it looks pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, that would deliver a devastating blow when he kicks him in the face, swinging like that. It's pretty This cool. is actually one of my favorite fights in the movie. Yeah, yeah, no. I think it's probably top two for me. Um, so, yeah, he's breathing fire at this point, and Johnny finds a shield with a razor's thing, a saw blade on it that he blocks with. And then throws a spirit scorpion taking out part of his arm that then has this like day glow lava blood. Yeah, lava is pretty much how to describe it. And then runs up and does like a spin to take out part of his chest and then cuts his skull in half, which that's the way I want to go. <laughs> he starts screaming like like he's uh, in Streets of Rage 2. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess, you know, he's spilling lava. Half his head is gone. He's going <laughs> to scream in some kind of agony. We know he's like a specter, like an undead specter. Um, I will say this is a really bad Achilles heel that Scorpion has. Like just one scratch and he is on fire. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> and then he like, explodes. He, it's like you've lit. He's like you've lit a stick of dynamite if you scratch Scorpion. <laughs> his head explodes. Yeah, his head explodes for... I mean, whatever reason. And then the entirety of him explodes and we get Johnny diving away in action movie fashion away from this explosion. Which then we get Johnny Cage's friendship. The most ridiculous fan service that the movie throws out. I still, I, I, don't, I feel like that is <laughs> so Johnny Cage though. Because Johnny Cage kills him and then you get a close up of him dropping an autographed picture of himself to my greatest fan, <laughs> Johnny Cage. <laughs> I imagine before the fight, just rolling up this headshot like, yeah, I can't wait till I win. I'm going to drop this on him. <laughs> what if he didn't Not prep it beforehand? 
He's about to explode. Like and he's like it. sitting there signing it. Oh shit! What is Scorp- Scorpion? Lets him do it on his back, and then he just drops it. Well, when he explodes, what if it wasn't Johnny that actually gave him the photo, but it, he had it on him the whole time? Oh, that would have been heartbreaking. <laughs> I like that cannon. <laughs> because you see him explode, you see parts go all all over the place, and then you see the photo fall. Like, what if that was just like in his back pocket the whole time, like? <laughs> He's my favorite fighter, and I finally get to actually test his metal in Mortal Kombat. Get over here. I went to one of his signings. He didn't know it was me. It would have been great if instead of doing the scream after he gets his head exploded, it's just like, it's been an honor, sir. I'm glad it's you. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we're right... Uh, to the most unnecessary fight and one of the most one of the unnecessary well i wouldn't say the scene is unnecessary i'd say the way this scene is executed and written is unnecessary and strange um we're on the beach where it's like a private little fight where shang Tsung is watching katana and Liu kang fight kind of inexplicably like why why are you having a somebody you don't trust fight your hero to a battle not to the death yeah i was gonna say i felt like there was no winner in this fight or like no determination it was just like it was almost like an exhibition yeah yeah while she just gives out tips and tricks from the mk strategy guide which (laughs) this yeah this i mean i get this the point of the scene it's like okay katana wants to help earth realm win yeah um, that's the point of the scene, but just the way they did this was just like, why, why are they kind of fighting? And you know, they're not going to, they're not fighting to the death. Why does Shang Tsung allow this? Yeah. Plus and the fact that it's like, he can obviously hear her talking to him. To win your next match, use the element which brings life. What? Kitana, that's enough. You disappoint me. Not very wise. But also, is it some open secret that that Liu Kang doesn't know that A, there's buckets of water where Sub-Zero fights, B, that Sub-Zero does this bubble attack, and C, that launching a bucket of water at said bubble will form an ice spear that kills Sub-Zero. I like how she says, use the element which brings life, which to me, at first, I would think air before I think water, seen as you need air. And that would have been great if he's like, yeah, I got it. And then they get into the fight and he's just like (laughs) blowing on him. (sighs) Yeah, I bet you hate that. Yeah. (laughs) Just in just hard cuts. Liu Kang's frozen dead. Like on the floor. (laughs) So (laughs) like like his his cheeks are stuck in the blowing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we have the setup for the the fight with uh, Sub-Zero because now it's over to them. And Raiden comes in in the beginning and he drops off the two buckets of water and then he walks back off, which, first of all, he's tampering with this. How is that right. fair? If he's allowed to bring something <laughs> right. on stage, then you see Shang Tsung come out in disguise and he just puts a gun on Sub-Zero's side. <laughs> Slip a snub nose into his back in the back of his tunic. It's like General Chi. <laughs> right. <laughs> You disappoint me, Raiden. Um, <laughs> well, I like how then Raiden would look over and just be like, wait, that's an option. <laughs> um, so, yeah. 
So Sub Zero comes down the stairs. Cool entrance because he's got his icy. Cool he's preceded entrance. by his <laughs> cool party. Says as he comes down the stairs. Um, do you know what killed the dinosaurs? Uh, um, this is, I think, I think this has the coolest move for me in the movie of a fight. Although it's not as cool overall as the scorpion fight. The wall run. What's that? No, the oh. the the what do you call that move? His like back handspring. Oh, the kip up kick. But he kicks him in mid. Yeah, like that's awesome. Yeah, just the way he sets it up. Like he's like he's, dodging his punch, but then turns it into that essentially uppercutting him with his heels, like back handspring. It's really awesome. Yeah, and the way they shot it was cool too. Because I like when he's chasing Sub Zero, and Sub Zero runs towards the wall and just runs straight up the wall and does a flip over. There's like get three instances in this movie where somebody's chasing someone at a wall and they just jump over them. <laughs> well, the evidently the acrobatic stunt double for Sub Zero in this scene was Mark Casso, who did Leonardo in Secret of the Ooze. Oh yeah, look, there's our connection. That's awesome. Everything connects. Um. And the guy that plays Sub-Zero was apparently the highest ranking, like, black belt, I don't know, whatever, of anybody on the set, like, of all the martial artists. He's like a French, he's like a French guy who, when you see him out of costume, you're like, that's Sub-Zero? But his eyes, and when you have, when he has everything on, like, he has the perfect eyes for Sub-Zero, I feel. Yeah. There's that shot when Luke Kang, after they come down the ramp and Luke Kang knocks him over, and he just gives him, he turns around and gives him that you just fucked up face like that was a great he looks like sub-zero in that moment i thought he looked uh what if he just says that it was a great close-up <laughs> you, you done <laughs> fucked up it's like the, um michael j white and uh black dynamite you done fucked up now so yeah um sub-zero pulls out the big guns the ice uh the cryomancer abilities and starts just turning the room into ice with his expanding bubble and then katana has been watching in the wings <laughs> yeah i like how she just kind of like stands there and looks like come on come on use the element which brings life water what was sub-zero's like end game with that though because like all right he's generating an aura of super ice is he just gonna hold it there? Like, what are you? What are you gonna do? I with think it? he was slowly expanding it, so it would have been either yeah, like breathing Luke Kang gets frozen, or Luke Kang has to like leave the stage. Mm. Ring out, ring out, Sub Zero, <laughs> win by ring out. <laughs> yeah, and so the he guy was just frozen, shattered in the beginning him. of the movie is like, why didn't you do that then? <laughs> I would have taken the ring out. <laughs> yeah, he was just trying to corner him and kill him essentially with his power but oh sub-zero fails the ice bucket challenge <laughs> i want to put put the sad trombone i want to put the sad trombone noise in there um yeah i don't know why you need a katana to appear and be like we just saw that scene right like use the element which brings life it's like yeah we did saw however Liu kang did not this was hours had gone by <laughs> oh yeah that's true he needed need a reminding. What if it was directly after? It was they finish that fight and then he walks inside and fights Sub Zero. You'd think though, after the uh, after Katana risked her life to tell him just one thing, like use the element which brings life. 
You he would remember that. Like, no, I need a reminder. <laughs> she just walks in, is watching the whole thing. She just says, use the bucket. <laughs> she walks in like it was just an extended scene where he's looking at her like, huh? And she's like taking a, a bottle and like, uh, <laughs> you know, and he's like, what? I don't get it. The bubble's getting closer. Yeah. So <laughs> using some kind of weird physics trick. Uh, I, I mean, I get when you spin a bucket of water in a circle, like gravity, the force will keep the water in the bucket as you spin it. But then he throws the bucket through Sub-Zero's bubble and it, just forms the perfect pointy spear just fucking takes him out. Yeah, I don't know how he just chucks the bucket. The bucket falls down, but the water keeps going. <laughs> and gains Physics enough momentum to launch him back six feet through the air into a, a stone wall. A metal statue. And pin yeah. him to the wall. What if instead of the water coming out of it, he just throws the bucket, the bucket freezes and just breaks against his chest. Just hits his head, cracks his skull. Just, oh. It's not what I meant, but that'll work. Shang Tsung walks in, Sub-Zero's twitching. Ooh. Take a soul. That just goes back to like, how did Katana know that this was going to happen? I'll tell him to use water. Like, did she know specifically it was going to be the spear of death? Or is it like, Oh, any kind of water is just going to fuck him up. Like, no matter what Luke Kang does with it. Just and she had to tell Raiden, hey, Raiden, go in there with this bucket of water. I got this plan. Yeah, I mean, all in all, that fight. means that Shang Tsung is approaching this the most honorably. He's not interfering <laughs> with, like, any of this. He's just letting them fight their own fights. Raiden is out there, like, rigging these. Yeah, before his plan B comes to fruition later on, it, he is going by the books. Yeah. For the most part. He did have... He did almost have Scorpion Sub-Zero try to take them out on the boat, though. But anyway, yeah, Shang Tsung's people are losing badly. So he's like, all right, Goro. Is it time? Yes. We've let these humans win enough. And then we get a montage of Goro. Destroying a hundred guys on a bed of the perfect skipping stones. Perfect stones. A great (laughs) garden. Garden stones. So all this, all this montage tells me is Goro is good at throwing dudes down onto the floor. (laughs) Um, Everybody wears the same clothes too. They all have black geese on or or white gee, but they just wear geese. I want to see some cool costumes here. and I didn't get to see it for the earth realm fodder. So, yeah, Goro essentially is like, all right, turn him loose. He's going to win this for us. Got the Um, ringer. And we end this montage with a full length fight of Art Lean, the great fighter that Johnny Cage saw in London, who didn't learn the shadow kick in time for this fight, (laughs) even though he tries it, it looks like. Um, They make Goro a big spectacle coming out here like WWE style. just henchmen with cardboard signs on the side it's funny because <laughs> uh, goro 316 
um, <laughs> it it's funny because it seems like there were lots of spectators for Goro's fights, but yet Art is very surprised at the appearance of Goro, even though he makes he shouts throughout the entire hall as he comes in. But Art's just like doing his warm up in the corner, yeah. like not paying attention to Goro's pain yells uh, as he comes down to the stage. I mean this. This scene is essentially the 90s equivalent of the Apollo versus Drago fight in Rocky (laughs) Four, minus losing his soul after. (laughs) That's true. You remember in uh, Rocky Four when Bridget Nielsen walks out and (laughs) sticks Apollo's soul. (laughs) She could do that in real life. His soul is mine. Yours will be next. (laughs) His soul is like a machine. Apollo. Goro is built up as pretty much being a powerhouse and fight starts. Art gets like a good kick or punch or two in, but then it's all downhill from there. Well, like you said, he does like that one kick and knowing if in supposedly the novelization or whatever it was, he had seen Johnny do the shadow kick and asked him how to learn it. That almost makes it kind of sad that it's like his last ditch thing is he tries to do Johnny's shadow kick and then just dies. <laughs> Johnny's like, oh, I didn't I didn't teach him. Oh, down back, down back. <laughs> eh? <laughs> I wrote the wrong codes on my notebook. <laughs> that was for a left facing character. God damn it. Um, yeah, Art gets a uh, gets his gets his noggin smacked around, especially when he grabs both of his hands with his lower arms and Goro just pummels him with his upper arms. He's just like no way to. They're trying to coach him from the side. Get out. Get away from Goro. Get out. <laughs> like, yeah, I get it. I get it, Johnny. <laughs> get away from him. Can't do that right now, Johnny. The old Robodope. Um, this is where I think maybe in the novelization, like, they seem to have this super attachment to art, even though Johnny talked to him like one and a half times in the movie. And Sonia has like no interaction with him. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like he hangs out with them throughout this. It's like they meet there and then he's with them during the feast. And then I guess like he hangs out with them during the other fights or whatever. Right. As someone who only had seen the movie and not looked at anything else, I had no idea who the hell you were talking about this whole time. Like, yeah. And then (laughs) Art comes in like, who the fuck is Art? (laughs) I guess just because Johnny says Art leaned when he first sees him, it just just sticks to you. Sticks to you. Um, Also, I like how after he steals his soul again, they say flawless victory. And it's like, it's obviously not. No, he landed a punch and a kick. Yeah, Art got a bunch of unblocked hits on Goro. It is not a flawless victory. (laughs) Ah, but he did not take damage. True. (laughs) Even blocking a a shot in chip damage doesn't get you flawless. You still take... minimal damage um here's what i always wondered did art die when goro like strikes him down is that the moment he died like because it's a powerful punch but it just seemed like a punch any other punch but then they they act like he's dead at that point so you can't really say finish him and then kill him and then you take his soul usually death (laughs) is the release of the soul so Cheng Sung's like, no, not yet. I'm not ready. He like missed his window. The soul's, soul's like playing a harp going up to heaven. Like, fuck you. He jumps up, grabs his Damn leg it. and drags it back down. <laughs> Get over um, here. Uh, 
Yeah, so Shang Tsung kills the friend, who I think could have used some more endearing to the audience to make it more painful for us. But um, then they're like, how the hell do we beat that? And Raiden kind of gives them a pep talk. Kind of. He's kind of like telling them like, hey, you guys have problems you need to deal with. Yeah, he, like very, he talks all of them down from the ledge and then gives them very sage, personal uh, <laughs> flaw advice. You must first face your fears if you are to conquer them. You, Johnny, you're afraid you're fake. So you'll rush into any fight just to prove you're not. You'll fight bravely enough, but foolishly carelessly and you'll be beaten you Sonia are afraid to admit even you sometimes need help if you are afraid to trust you will lose what about me oh you you fear your own destiny you already fled it once when you went to America it has brought you guilt for the death of your brother. I am responsible for Chan's death. No. Every mortal is responsible for his own destiny. Chan believed this. Why can't you? I tried. Despair is the most dangerous fear of all. I know this. And so does Shang Tsung. He can peer into your soul and use the fear he sees there against you. You must be prepared. Speaking of personal, he gets very up in Sonia's ear. I'm like, that's a little creepy. <laughs> He's like whispering in her ear by the end of it. Like he doesn't get that close to the guys. <laughs> well, I like how like he gives them Christopher advice. Christopher Lambert and improvise that. Um, he gives advice to Sonia Blade. He gives advice to Johnny Cage. And then he just walks away and Luke King has to chase after him and be like, but what's my fault? <laughs> and then Raiden, it's like Leslie Nope in Parks and Rec, and he's just like, nothing, you're perfect, Luke Kang. <laughs> oh, you should have been your brother. <laughs> <laughs> so they split up there, and then Luke Kang is on the beach having a flashback to his dream, like meditating and seeing Chan being killed again, which I thought was unnecessary because we, we know that. We know he's trying to get to Shang Tsung, so I didn't really know the point of that. Um, I think it's just he still feels guilty. I guess. Yeah. But I mean, we see that resolve later on. So it, it seemed a little unnecessary to call back to it. And then we get another thing I think could have been cut was like a somewhat melodramatic scene between Johnny and Sonia. He's like, Goro's never been beaten. You go up against him, he'll kill you. Well, if I don't, then he'll finish us off one at a time because I can't let what happened to Art happen to you. Not to you. And she's like, fuck off, Johnny Cage. Um, but it, it was just quote. a little like, I think you could have cut that scene out and just went straight to like, or had a different way of Johnny explaining um, how he was going to fight Goro. Yeah, because he's challenge like- Challenge him first. Yeah, he's like, I've got a plan. And you think it's some fight thing. And it's like, no, I've actually paid off his maid to stab him while he's sleeping. <laughs> He'll never make it to the fight. One of the guys is going to get behind him on all fours and I'm going to push him down. <laughs> <laughs> Atlantis to send the regards. Um, 
Johnny proclaims he's going to make this uh, proclamation to fight Goro, and then he just make goes to make the deal with Shang Tsung, who says, "Are you that eager to die?" And he's like, "What's it to you, bud? If we're all going to die, just let me fight him." He's like, yeah, I mean, oh, I like how he see, asks I see your point him. there. Yeah, I like how Shang Tsung wants to win this tournament, but even he asked Johnny Cage like three times, like, "Are you?" Are you sure you want to fight the four-armed monster? <laughs> He's killed everyone so far. I just want to make sure you're cool with this. <laughs> what sort of crop has Raiden brought to me this year? <laughs> um, it's like Raiden comes in just too late. Johnny makes the verbal a deal, which... He's like, you got it, pal. And Raiden's like, wait, no. You got it, pal. I don't think so. Too late, Lord Raiden. The rules are quite clear. It's how do you say? A deal's a deal. <laughs> Raiden's like, but you didn't shake on it. <laughs> Shang Tsung's like, ooh, too late. The rules are quite clear. Like, do the <laughs> rules account for, like, back alley deals about <laughs> changing the order of, of the fights? The rules are quite clear. No take backsies. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's official Mortal Kombat rules that if you find one fighter in the middle of a clearing by himself, you can agree on behalf of Earth. <laughs> you can change the outcome of an entire planet of yeah. people's lives. Um, so that was funny. Uh, so Johnny gets fires back at Raiden. He's like, yo, you told us it was our tournament, bro. I made a choice. This is our tournament, remember? Mortal Kombat. We fight it. Good. At last, one of them is understood. This is part of his plan all along for Johnny to fight Goro. Johnny was the chosen one. So then we go right into Waste No Time. Johnny's fighting Goro. And Goro's got his hype men. <laughs> <laughs> Those two dudes that just shout at each other. Goro! Yeah! They follow they're like groupies. They follow them around every tournament. Well, I like how there's all these like the shirtless guys out there screaming. And then there's like one guy in like a plaid madras shirt or whatever. Yeah. It's like how I know it's the 90s, but how'd you get in here? I noticed that, too. He was in the art lean uh, yeah. shot as well. And there was a guy with like a biker, like a 50s greaser leather jacket, too, standing next to them. Which why I was disappointed to see so many black and white geese just like find you wear your cool leather jacket during the fight the one guy in like a day glow three-piece suit <laughs> just a fur coat see plenty of those in fighters you know you gotta have pizzazz um so kind of so messed johnny, up goro begins this fight by grabbing his sunglasses and destroying them which i think i would have been alarmed by and like oh the fight started like he grabs his arm i'm like oh shit i would have started punching at him i guess at that point um but instead, Johnny Cage gets to open up this fight with the only attack I've used as Johnny Cage in 15 <laughs> years of playing Johnny Cage. <laughs> he that, drops this into is a split and punches him in the groin. Which I know it's a move in the game and they put other moves in the game, but I feel like they put this one in for the fans and for great effect. Like it's uh, it's the best fan service, I think, in the movie. This puny mortal will be no problem. I'll crush him in one blow. All right. Let's dance. 
Because well, also, it's probably like, well, how does he get away from Goro? Well, put Goro out of commission for a little bit. But how can and he it's... do that? <laughs> I mean, it works. And it's funny because in the game, Goro will do like these taunting poses and that lets you get a free shot on him. And that's exactly what <laughs> happens here. He's like, yeah, does his pain yell and Johnny's just like, nut shot. <laughs> I wish we had the x-ray vision. No, not really. <laughs> I love how after the nut busting shot too, he, he like goes up the stairs and he's just like, damn. <laughs> I would have loved if as soon as he does that, he runs away, Goro gets up and follows him, and then he does it again and then runs away, and it's just him just tying Goro around, landing nut shots the entire time. <laughs> enough, enough. <laughs> Take my soul. I quit. <laughs> yeah, somebody says like thank you when he kicks him off the ledge. Oh, my pain is ended. So it's just, it's, um, call back to the beginning. Those were $500 sunglasses, asshole. He catches Gore unawares on this ledge that he's led him out to. Um, it's, it's disappointing because you can only do so much with Goro as a puppet, you know, with a fight choreography, you might get one shot, one punch, one shot, and you got to cut and, the most dynamic stuff with him is that really zoomed out shot where it's CGI Goro doing like a roll. Um, so it's disappointing. You can't get really a Intricate lot of fight scenes with Goro. Yeah, like, like, like you can with Hulk, like for instance, today in the Avengers, like smashing the shit out of something, which I think hopefully in the new, the new movie trailer has a shot of Goro and it's like, I, they will be able to do that. I think this time, which will be, satisfying hopefully you know we'll be able to do that but here you just get a kind of a couple punch kicks and johnny knocks gore off the ledge which Another i mean call back oh go ahead no no go ahead i was gonna say like unfortunately because of the limitations on it there it makes it look like all of these guys lost to goro and then johnny just lays the groin punch on him runs upstairs and then just kicks him off a cliff and it's just like <laughs> <Yeah>. yep done <laughs> Johnny's not even sweating. He just does one little roundhouse and Goro's rolling, rolling around. It's a tree trap um, up there. <laughs> that little, you almost feel bad for Goro. Like he kicks him off the ledge. Goro is hanging on with one hand and he makes that little like whimper, like, <laughs> like he's hanging on. What if Johnny helped him back up and they became friends? And then they come That'd back downstairs and Shang Tsung's like, What's this? <laughs> Time for final combat, bitch. I now fight for Earthrealm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, call back to the beginning of the movie. This is where you fall down. Which has no effect on Goro because Goro wasn't there at the beginning of the movie, so he doesn't know it's a callback. <laughs> Goro's just confused as he falls down. Is like, life predestined? <laughs> <laughs> Who pulls my strings? Will I be reincarnated? <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's one of the CGI shots that doesn't hold up well. Like the uh, Goro falling off a cliff is just 
obviously just like a zoomed out shot on the green screen, but falls to his death. We don't get to see him splatter because it's PG-13. <laughs> it um, just hard cuts to like an obviously fake doll. <laughs> the blood code wasn't put in. A-B-A-C-A-B-B. I like that, that he he falls into like the, that cloud effect that the 80s used. And like, I remember seeing in like Ghostbusters and um, I think like Dark Crystal or uh, Never Ending Story. And it's just that like swirl effect that they replaced the sky with to make it look like ominous clouds. Yeah. I actually like Johnny's uh, line read here. He actually sounds like he has a lot of pain in his voice when he says that. Like, this is where you fall down. He sounds like he's mourning for art in that line, which I thought actually I know it's weird to single that line out, but it's like, Oh, it's, it's acted very well. Yeah. And then, and then Shank start to kick into the third act. Yeah. Shank Sung, his backup plan. Here's where I wonder, was this his plan all along or was this like, if Goro loses, here's my backup plan. I mean, was that why he wanted Sonya blade there? Cause it's like, yeah, that's I mean, the I one I definitely know I can beat. <laughs> right. It's but, like Liu Kang questionable. Definitely now I can beat her. Bring her on board. That brings me back to like why we need to know people are chosen. Like, okay, you think you can beat Sonya. Was she chosen? Like, was she going anyway? Or did you choose like, why Sonya? Why not just fight one of the other shitty fighters that were going to the tournament? Yeah. <laughs> why don't you fight Kano? I mean, the big answer is we need to write main characters into the story, which, okay, I understand. Yeah, but there's there's just a little bit of why and like how he the machinations of this plan. Like, was it just a grand master backup plan or was it, was it always like, I'm going to fight? I'm going to fight Sonya. Yeah. Why? Why bring Liu Kang when you can just bring in like another like six red shirts that you can wipe out in <laughs> yeah. a second? Yeah. Unless Raiden has a certain number of picks that well, he has I, to do. I know Liu Kang, he didn't want to come like or I don't know, like he. You don't really know why Chan fought him, like the Chan to challenge him, or I guess. Probably. I don't think he wanted Liu Kang to show up, but uh It's probably because Liu Kang turned down the offer of being the chosen one, so Chan wanted to do it because then they don't need Liu Kang. Let's end this all right now. Yeah. Um Which it's a yes. shame that they do that with Sony Blade, because I, I would have liked her to be have a bit more to do in this rather than turning into the damsel in distress at the end of the movie right yeah which goes against a bit of like her character i'd say that they've established because yeah, i think point. her character in this and especially her character in the games she is not a damsel in distress no <laughs> she's leading the charge most of the time yeah the way she screams when shang is taking her is like like she's she's fearing death like in that moment which i guess i can understand but <laughs> no <laughs> Den goes against her character like she's a bat like she's hardened yeah she's a soldier the beginning of the movie when she's just walking through a crowd pistol whipping guys with a shotgun (laughs) where's kano i can understand those screams if she's like being gutted or disemboweled but she's just being you know well she probably knows this guy stole people's souls she doesn't want (laughs) eternal damnation yeah that might weigh on the mind i guess i like how Johnny asks Raiden, like, Can Sonya beat Shang Tsung? No. I'm sorry. You're sorry? I wanted to be like, no, sorry. Shang Tsung will zone her out with flaming skull fireballs and shut down <laughs> rushdown mechanics. She's tear C at best. <laughs> all of her all of her moves leave her wide open. 
for <laughs> retaliation. If she misses the leg grab, she's toast. <laughs> I was imagining. <laughs> can Ray, can she beat him? No, I'm sorry. And it just rolled credits. <laughs> <laughs> just Shang cuts to them Sung and out. Shao Kahn invading Earthrealm. Yeah. <laughs> Shang Tsung pops back out. That's 10, baby. <laughs> <laughs> He you just has like, my s- like Super Bowl rings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the greatest of all time. Eat that, Tom Brady. <laughs> um, so they go in this uh, jelly portal to Outworld, which looks fun. Looks like a fun ride. Yeah. Um, Raiden can't follow because he's of Earth Realm and rules and such and whatnot. So. Johnny Cage and Liu Kang hoof it alone into Outworld to pursue Shang Tsung and try to get Sonya back. I think they do a good job with Outworld. It's exactly what I would expect from playing the game of this just yeah. kind of like weird. I wonder apocalypse. where they shot that because it it seems like it's only one little street there that's like a physical set, but um, those buildings look not just like they're facades, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so. This is my favorite Johnny line in the movie. I think it's actually, it made me laugh. Lou, I hate this place. I do. I'm telling you, I hate it. I'm in a hostile environment. I am completely unprepared. I'm surrounded by people who probably want to kick my ass. It's like being back in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get, I want to know, I wonder how this scene was supposed to play out without Reptile because... This scene was added because the test audience was like, we need more fights. And I I guess this is one of the fights they added to the movie where he fights Reptile. <laughs> yeah, I mean, otherwise um, it would have just been like Shang Tsung steals Sonya Blade, goes through the portal. They follow him through the portal, walk directly behind him up into the tower and then just beat him. Yeah, that's a good point. Like what what other um, adversity were they facing to to get to that point without Reptile? <laughs> Self-doubt. So, Liu Kang has mastered spotting Reptile at this point. Um, That's why I want to see him fight Predator. He just walks up to the wall and just like grabs and pulls camouflaged uh, Reptile right out. (laughs) And throws him really, it seems like he was handling it as a little, as a lizard man. Unfortunately for Liu Kang, he throws Reptile into some (laughs) magical body transformation pod statue thing. <laughs> I don't know where they wrote that. <laughs> what if Luke Kang sees that happen and then he throws himself into the other statue? <laughs> yeah. That what would he have turned into at that point? Just a bigger Luke Kang. Just he knew, just he picked us the wrong one and it's like he's a quarter of his former size. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Turns into Chan. So we get a crazy so reptile gets grabbed by whatever's inside the statue and transformed into human form. And we get the game, the literal game announcer comes on and says, Reptile. Reptile. Starts this fight off with what should have been a killing blow. <laughs> Reptile runs at, runs and does a flip, kicks Liu Kang through what has to be a five foot thick brick wall. <laughs> One of my favorite moments in all those action movies where you see them go through like walls and shit and it's just like dead. That guy, dead. What if that was it? He just does the flip, kicks him, and he just says, boom, goes through the wall and he's just dead. Yeah, that's what should have happened. It cuts back and you just see Johnny running into the distance. 
all these people are trying to kick my ass um more beyond that though he okay so Liu kang flies through his brick wall dragon ball z style the bricks come flying to him they land on his head like those bricks would have smashed his head in too they just he just he just shrugs it off but it was a it's a badass way to for him to get hit but it's just funny thinking of the physics like oh yeah dead like going through that kind of wall it's think like, of the force that a human body needs to have on a wall for it to I mean, it's like Home like Alone. <laughs> right, the paint cans? Yeah, it's like when uh, I think it was Corridor Crew or something that did the R-rated Home Alone or they uh, updated it of all of what would actually happen if they ended up getting hit with any of this stuff. Would have been over quick. Yeah. Um. So this is actually one of the, I think, top fights just as of like, quick solo fights like this and scorpion i think are my favorite nick is that your other favorite one or mm, no no i just think it was just like i like how brutal and quick it was and lou actually gets his ass handed to him here for a lot of it reptile just seems like very quick and vicious and i like uh i guess i, I like mean that this, this fight definitely was a lot more intense versus the other ones yeah yeah because this one i think um Robin Chu ended up choreographing. Yeah, and you can tell that. I think it's just the choreography's there this time around. Right, yeah, because he can do a lot the, you more. Know, the lead actor doing all of this stuff and even having his hand behind how it was um, choreographed versus trained actors being told what to do for stunt work. And it's just, you know, that kind of it quality does show. Yeah, it lends itself to look and feel better. Plus yeah, rate. the Johnny Cage fight with Scorpion looked amazing, but the choreography was nowhere near the same as complex as like the it was, reptile one. Yeah, it was a little slower. I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was just as furious, I'd say, but with they had to shoot it slightly differently because, you know, Lyndon, yeah, as an actor, not a martial artist, first right. and foremost. Right. Um, but yeah, this looked. There's a couple nods to the game. This place they're fighting like looks is like a version of one of the Mortal Kombat 2 stages, like the floating temple. Uh, we get later on some special moves, but. Well, I mean, this is the fight where we get the classic Liu Kang bicycle kick. Right. And it's like, oh, is it is it they're stretching physics or is it because they're an outworld like he gets some kind of power? You know, I don't know. Because the physics are definitely stressed, stressed in that scene. But then again, he survived a hit through a five foot brick wall. Yeah, I'm wondering that would have been interesting if it was a case of it's not poor like writing of him getting kicked through the wall. It's just things work differently in Outworld. I guess you could think of it like that. Yeah, that helps it easier to digest that way. <laughs> I questioned Reptile's judgment when he had thrown lou or whatever over that uh he was on the other side of the room and then reptile goes and jumps and like spins in the air it was like luke hangs running at you ready to catch you what are you doing he just like <laughs> kind of jumps right into his arms <laughs> and that's like the beginning the beginning of the end for reptile it does like the dirty dancing lift <laughs> <laughs> catch me uh yeah lou does the bicycle kick we get some fun physics and reptile turns into uh, centipedes and worms. Yeah, and then Liu Kang crushes his skull. <laughs> and then that's when the katana appears, and her line I thought was funny. She's like, "You're finally learning, Liu Kang." Like, wait, what is he learning? <laughs> how to spot? How to spot reptiles? How to uh, 
how to do bicycle kicks, maybe? I don't know. Well, I'm not sure what he's learning in that moment. But. And then I like how this is when she warns them and like explains that her father ruled out world until he lost the Mortal Kombats. And it's like, OK, so if you're the emperor and your best warriors lose like 500 years worth of tournaments, maybe you should pass that hat on to somebody else anyway. <laughs> we gave it a good run. It's kind of like natural selection. It's like, yeah, we are not the fittest. <laughs> we are definitely not the fittest. It's probably because like nine tournaments in, they're like, guys, I think pacifism is not the answer here. <laughs> I don't think we could conscientiously object to uh, the Mortal Kombat tournament. This is a mortal diplomacy. <laughs> um, yeah, Goro ripped five of our guys in half. <laughs> I think they mean... I mean, serious business here. <laughs> so while a lot of the effects hold up and are forgiving for it being a 90s movie and they're not some of the, you know, the effects generally are OK. This is what I think is the worst CGI is this swirling zooming shot up the tower where Katana or I'm sorry, Sonya is being held. Just looks pretty much like a like an FMV, or like an old PS1 sequence. Well, because then it, it pulls it into her. Into like, yeah. yeah, and she's standing in like an obviously like computer generated world, which looks nothing like the actual set they built that it's based on. Yeah. So and that's the like only one that's like, ooh, that sticks out the most like a sore thumb to me as far as the effect shots. They tried. They tried. I mean, the intention was cool. Like the camera move itself. I'm like, yeah, if they could have nailed that with current technology, that would have been awesome. But it's just... Uh, that's the only that's the one that sticks out to me. So here's where we get Shang Tsung giving not giving. She's already in this weird looking dress. <laughs> that's she didn't have any clothes. She's like, oh, you didn't pack clothes for the tournament. <laughs> here's this dress. That's, that's all we got. I gave you um, shorts. What'd you do with them? <laughs> uh, so she's held captive. She's being forced by Shang Tsung to either accept this final combat or deny it. So she essentially spits in his face like I'm not playing your games. It's a cool room with the, the dragon on the floor that they have here. This set is uh, like the pinnacle of this tower. Yeah, like the, the dragon logo. Yeah, the dragon logo is, the... is pretty cool. Which at first I was like, oh, this is part of the world. Like you don't think of it as like a diegetic logo, but I guess it's it is more of like this represents Mortal Kombat like across time and space like that's what it that's the logo. So she denies, and Shang Tsung is like, "Your friends aren't coming," and yes, they are. They're already here. Take her away. The Emperor will be overjoyed. My friends will come. They're already here. Which, how long were they there and how long were they waiting? <laughs> we're going to let this happen. Yeah, like how long were they going to let this happen and just hope that it's like, man, I really hope she gives us a segue. Right, because apparently you have to be on the ball with the rules of this Mortal Kombat. She she forfeited technically, so that should have been it according yeah. to the laws. Um, I wonder if a scene was cut here because like we said, Reptile was added. Like, it would have been cool to see them have to, like, maybe in another fight, like, get to this point. Like, how do they disguise themselves? Like, I guess they have Katana's help, but how do they get to this point? They just kind of are 
you know, these monks come into the room and with cloaks on and they're, they happen to be some of these monks and they reveal themselves. Kudos to Liu Kang because he goads Shang Tsung into the fight. Shang Tsung was like, fine, I'll fight Johnny. I guess the Katana goes him like, what are you, a punk bitch? Like trying to win this tournament by fighting Sonya? <laughs> Which is a slight against Sonya. Like, poor Sonya, she can fight. Like, <laughs> No offense, none taken. <laughs> Rain's like, you're a coward for wanting to fight Sonya. Like, hey, Rain, Then again, like, who, who cares who he fights? Because like, yeah, obviously, like, if they die, that's that sucks for the good guy's side. But he has to beat all of them. Right, that not is true. just Sonya. So, like, all right, I killed Sonya. Great. Like, well, you still gotta go through Johnny and me. I guess with Johnny's deal, though, like in the whatever unwritten or written laws, or where he's like, "Yeah, this is the final battle." Yeah, because I think his agreement was, "What whoever wins from there, I decide the last fight." Right. He's he has, or another of my choosings. Hmm. Which really, in hindsight, it wasn't smart of Johnny. He could have chosen really. The lowest of the low to fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah, Shang is like pretty much his honor. He succumbs to his honor. He's like, all right, I'll fight you, Liu Kang. And everybody clears the room and they fucking start fighting. And plus they do like it's really cool as they're doing that like spinning shot. Yeah, the overhead. Well, the, the overhead and then they cut in and they're doing it. But you can see the actors' faces, so you can still right. see that it's the two of them. Yeah. So I wonder, like, how much um, Kerry Tagawa ended up doing in this scene. Because they cut a lot of, like, as they're spinning, they're showing him doing a lot of this. Yeah, I'd imagine it was a lot of him. He looks pretty in shape. Um, I mean, he's not old in this. He might be in his 40s, but he looks like he's in pretty good shape. Yeah. Um, so he's probably fit, literally, to do... Uh, some of the work and yeah, it is, it, it's, it's, it sells it a lot better when you get to see people's faces and you're not cutting for every punch and every kick. Yeah. And plus it just makes it cool as they're doing the rotation and you're just keeping tight on them. Yeah. Even though then Liu Kang finally gets a hit on him and he Shang Tsung touches his lip and then gives him like that. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood stare. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's a sub-zero kind of like, you just fucked up. <laughs> you Ooh! He, the way he falls after Liu Kang punches him, like he falls like kind of dainty, like, oh, <laughs> he falls kind of like, I wasn't expecting to lose. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm a glass cannon. He pulls out uh, his sorcerer abilities and summons a bunch of old fighters from different from the last 500 years of souls as he absorbed different styles of samurai and. Yeah, and Luke Kang has to fight them. It's like round two, you're fighting all these other people. Trash mobs. <laughs> Which nice of them to attack one at a time. Yeah. yeah I think they surrender. Yeah. Even they in did, death, they're they did honorable. kind of paint it that way. <laughs> I mean, it would have been better if he ended up just, as I said, summoning Art Lean here. Yeah, that would have been a. <laughs> or if Shang Tsung, after Goro dropped him there, ran all the way down to the bottom of the tower and took his soul. <laughs> now you have to defeat Goro again. <laughs> oh, you know what he should have done? I mean, who was the greatest Earth warrior? Was the great Kung Lao? Why didn't he should have brought him out to fight Liu Kang? Yeah. That would have really showed you that, oh, Liu Kang has the stuff. Well, plus, I mean, okay, so Liu Kang defeats the guys he summons. 
they're spirits. So why can't he just summon them again? More spirits. I can do I can do this all day. <laughs> I can do this all day. He just summons Goro 16 times. <laughs> Man, I, as he as he gets impaled later on, he's thinking, why didn't I just use Goro? <laughs> um, Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, while this is going on, uh, Shang Tsung disappears to the second uh, floor of this whole area. And uh, Liu Kang is going through these trials that Kitana is kind of narrating. Like, face your worst fear. Face yourself. He gets through the one of them pretty quick. He's like, face yourself. He's like, I'm the best. And then he runs up the stairs and she's like, well, she did it. (laughs) (laughs) So this is like a kind of a long sequence where the balance of power goes back and forth. Um, Shang Tsung brings out uh, Liu Kang feels guilt about Chan uh, throughout the movie. But here he's kind of come to terms like every man's responsible for his own destiny and kind of throws in Shang's face. After Shang becomes Chan in front of him, kind of like trying to catch him off guard. Which he follows Shang Tsung upstairs. He's facing away from him and then turns back around and all of a sudden it's Chan. I'm glad at least that (laughs) Liu Kang like didn't completely fall for it. But for like the first two minutes, he's like, oh, Chan, you're here. Oh, Raiden sent me. Oh, good. Did he also steal Shang Tsung? Because where'd that guy go? <laughs> it's like, you're not you're not really Chan, are you? He still asks him. No, I point promise. Point. You're not really Chan. I think he promise. <laughs> Remember when we were kids and I saw you like looking at nudie magazines? Only Chan would know that. And I said I'd never tell. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're um, Shang Tsung. How'd you know? It was a guess. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> you proved it. You just told everybody. We all looked at nudie magazines. <laughs> um, so I guess Shang Tsung does catch him off surprise. Uh, catch him off guard because he's he really hams that lineup. You're mine, and then like just starts kicking his ass. And they have um, the spikes that come out of the the logo down on the bottom floor. Oh, yeah. Which, while Shan's talking. Yeah. How often do they need to replace the gold leaflet on that floor? Because <laughs> it destroys it. Yeah, it is kind of tinfoil. It's like a chocolate bar wrapper yeah. foil down there. I wonder who hit the switch, though, too. Like the John, did Johnny hit the switch? Like who flipped the, the who flipped the spikes on? <laughs> Chang was like, not yet. <laughs> not ready. <laughs> um. I mean, it would have been better if he knocks him down to the first floor and then somebody flips the switch. He lands. What's that noise? (laughs) Oh, So Liu Kang overcomes this personal demon battle with uh, his guilt for Chan and then balance of power back to Shang Tsung. He's kicking his ass. Smacks his head off the floor like, ooh, that would have been a broken nose. That's a stone floor. Shang Tsung just like whips his head into the floor. <laughs> um, and that's but how it like ends. we said, Outworld, maybe you, know, you get a little boost of uh, defense. So th- this is when Liu Kang kind of gets his groove back. He just stands up. He gets his face smacked off the floor and Shang Tsung's like walking around like uh, power tripping. And Liu just stands up. 
chosen one. And from that point on, he's the chosen one. It was very like it gets me pumped when he does that. And then it just goes into the him advancing on Shang Tsung as he just keeps beating him all the way back to the edge. Yeah, it the music is the music is cool at that point, too. Like the dun dun. dun yeah, like dun. they do a great I job with the build up in this. Yeah, it's a this whole end combat score is pretty good. Yeah, he just unloads on Shang Tsung after that point. Uh, the souls start to like leave Shang Tsung, it seems. They have risen up against you. Free them! They are mine. Forever! Or before Liu Kang pummels him, he like, he, he hits him with that, that gut shot and like Shang Tsung's doubled over. Liu Kang backs up in the, in front of the light in the door and looks all badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what's funny here is Shang Tsung gets one last uh, burst of energy here. He like Naruto runs at Liu Kang, <laughs> like with his arms back, like kind of like no defense. He just gets, starts to get pummeled, just gets his ass kicked. Liu Kang sets him up right in front of the pit. And what looks like it's like maybe their version of a Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball uh, <laughs> Fireball. He pulls out the seven <laughs> Dragon Ball. Shenron, I call you. <laughs> Was that Piccolo in the corner? Why um, did we wait until the last fight for this? <laughs> yeah, so maybe Outworld does give power because Lou does this like, you know, double-fisted punch into his gut, but it looks like a electrical fireball kind of. Like yeah, I think it was just their version of his classic fireball. Yeah, a version of it, and it um. Yeah, lights out for Shang Tsung, impaled right through the chest. I like how him falling and doing his ah reminds me of Shredder taking the dive in the first Turtles. <laughs> Whoops! Oh that, oh, that was my <laughs> oh fuck! I missed that joke. I had that written down. I was like, who flipped the switch on the on the spikes? Did Casey Jones show up? <laughs> Oops! <laughs> Damn Cut it. it in! Damn it! Um. We'll go back. We'll yeah, do it that again. did. That did. It kind of. It was a mirror. Even the yell kind of reminded yeah, me. Yeah, because when I heard it, I was like, "Wait a second, that reminds me." And I went. I found the other scene and I played it. It's like Shredder's is clearly like modulated and deeper, but it's the same exact <laughs> right. kind of feel and style of whoa. As slow filters on it. Yeah. And then Liu Kang says again, Tim. What does Liu Kang say after that? Chan. No, he oh, says flawless. So yeah, he says flawless victory. Flawless victory. And it's like, it clearly wasn't. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're writing it as like a mockery. Like, yeah, use your line on you. But again, yeah, you got, you got a lot of, you got punched a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but I like just, how then all the spirits are escaping, all the souls that Shang Tsung had captured. And Chan comes out to say goodbye to Liu Kang. But it would have been great if because Liu Kang got tricked by Shang Tsung the first time. He's like, not again. He just starts fighting his ghost. No, Lou. <laughs> Lou, it's me. Throws him into the spikes. Like, oh, why? Flawless victory. We should have seen Art Lean at least like wave to Johnny. Like, I'm cool now, dudes. <laughs> Thanks um, for not teaching me that kick. <laughs> 
Arlene's shadow kicking in heaven now. <laughs> yeah, so happy ending. Happy music starts to kick in. And we're back at the temple. And they've given all the children at the temple flags to wave around in celebration. Yeah, they start blending in um, its orbitals, Halcyon, and on and on. Yeah. And this wasn't on the actual soundtrack that I think got the... No. was on, like, the Billboard Top 20. But it was it stuck was. in my head for years. It was? No, it, it's on the soundtrack, yeah. Oh, for some reason, I don't remember having it listed on the, the soundtrack listing. But, yeah, like, this was stuck in my head for years, and I didn't know what it was. Because at the time, like, 1995, I'm not going to just hop on the internet and be like, what's that song? Um, <laughs> especially when there's no lyrics to it. So I'm like, what's that song? It goes, you know... Um, and then they ended up using it at the beginning of Hackers with uh, Johnny Lee Miller. Oh, I never saw that, I don't think. Did I? Um, so they I'll, used that I'll again. I'll pick Hackers at some point because I love Hackers. But I cool. remember they used it there. And at that point, I was old enough to be like, oh, wait a second. What's that song? That's the one from Mortal Kombat. And I Googled it and I was like, oh, terrific. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely on the soundtrack because I, I listened to that a lot. And that song is definitely on there. But it's a good, yeah, it's a good ending, ending uh, piece for the mood they had going. Until um, a different mood happens. <laughs> they, uh, so everybody's happy. They save the world. I mean, I guess that is, you know, that's cause for celebration. Like, uh, I've seen the world. Eh. I think Liu Kang was most looking forward to, yo, I get 50 years of life, like added, added, like, that's awesome. <laughs> Time to eat carbs. Like, he probably would have died in 50 years anyway. It's like, well, might as well go out fighting in Mortal Kombat if I have to. Yeah. Um. So, Raiden knew the whole time that they were going to win. He was never afraid. I guess you knew it would end this way. Didn't have a clue. You humans are so unpredictable. <laughs> I've got to tell you something. You guys did great. I knew you'd win the whole time. Meanwhile, his <laughs> brow is just like sweating. He's <laughs> smoking a cigarette. He had money at the bookie. Like, oh. <laughs> I almost bet against him. He's in a wheelchair. Both his legs are broken. <laughs> I'll be honest. I may have had money on Outworld. <laughs> Couldn't cover. <laughs> um, so everything's hunky dory until. Dr. Claw, I mean Shao Kahn. Bow to me. What is it? The Emperor. You weak, pathetic fools. I've come for your souls. I don't think so. Uh, apparently just breaks the rules and... Well, plus I like how... I don't remember all the plot line for the second movie. I just remember pieces. But it's like, so they won the tournament. You lost the tournament. And then it's like, yeah, but anyway. And he just comes on and invades. Yeah, I mean, that's the story of the games, too. Like the second video game is not a, really a tournament. It's like, I mean, you play it like a tournament, but in reality, like you're it's like they're going you would be going through just missions or whatever like you're just having to fight all these people as you try to stop shang Sun, or uh, shao khan so that's kind of what the second movie is and it involves 
Shinnok, one of the elder gods who are supposed to be overseeing all this shit. So it's like an inside job, too, I think. Because it's what Shinnok and I want. When does Quan Chi come in? He's he's not until the, in the video games Mortal Kombat 4. Like N64, um, I think, is the first time you see Quan Chi. I remember playing. Yeah, N64 he wasn't invented by the time this movie came out or the second movie came out. I don't think I could be wrong. But um, no, I think you're right, because I don't remember him until four. No, yeah, I'm uh, telling you, he doesn't show up until four. Yeah. So the the plot of the second movie is just like, uh, fuck the rules, but like pays the price because he broke the rules, essentially. Um, So, yeah, it ends on a cliffhanger of. Well, we want Mortal Kombat, but we got to fight this asshole anyway. But the second movie never happened, and it's a shame. Could have been interesting to explore. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go back and watch it. <laughs> I also remember being very excited. I actually think I saw the second one more often than the first one growing up. Yeah, second one I saw in theaters, but as a prepubescent, or rather not pre, but as a budding teen, young teenager, I was definitely fixated on other things through that movie than the plot. So it was more of a Sonya getting on muddy. <laughs> yeah. I do not um, even remember that. All I remember is Jax getting his metal arms and nope, fighting uh, Cyrax. Else. <laughs> you and me, we come from different worlds. <laughs> yeah, so that's Mortal Kombat, which again, I know we railed on parts of these movies, but like it's still this still holds a really special place in my heart. Um Hey, I my letterbox, I threw down a four out of five stars on this thing. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Better, it did do better than Street Fighter. Yeah, I think objectively, I would say this is a better movie than Street Fighter. Yeah, I would um, agree. Like, I still enjoyed Street Fighter and I still have fun with Street Fighter. Absolutely. But I definitely yeah. like this one. I would sit down and I would just like watch it just for. Yeah. Fun the sake, fights, not even necessarily for nostalgia. The fights are hype. The costume, the Scorpion Sub Zero are hype and good. And the costumes look a good, good too. Yeah, yeah. I accept a Frenchman as Raiden. <laughs> he does have a he does have a presence presence, and his voice is like, even though it's he's got the weird kind of French accent, like it's it works for some reason. I don't know why. I guess just because he just brings such a presence and like as christopher lambert so also evidently from what i read like christopher lambert had a blast doing this movie that i guess his agent originally agreed to have him take the role but they would only have him for like three weeks or three days in la or something like that and then he found out about the agreement and he was angry because he's like no if they're going to thailand i'm going to thailand with them i want to do the whole thing so like he would take them out to dinner when they were all working on set and stuff. And he yeah, talks he about paid, how he enjoyed he paid the movie. for the rap party over there, like on yeah. his own time. Because <laughs> they were going to use doubles and he was like, no, he just went over and did it, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell he's not he's not above this. Like he's doing what he feels is Raiden, which I think works for this movie. Yeah. Like he's not like. He's the well-known, he's the most well-known actor maybe in the movie, but like. And uh, at no point does it seem like he's slumming it. No. It's like, no, you yeah. hired me to be Raiden. 
I've taken a look at the character. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to be Raiden. Only thing um, I'm disappointed is it doesn't do that uh, one attack from the game where he like flies, <laughs> he flies sideways across the screen just screaming. I guess just because it's like the Superman, not the Superman effect, but like you can't have him fight because he would just win everything easily. But um, it would have been cool if he done not have to stop Sub-Zero and then electrocuted Raid or Scorpion instead. Yeah, that would have been cool. Maybe in this new one, maybe in the new one. Come on, guys, making the new Mortal Kombat movie, whoever you are. I don't know your names. All of them, all um, of the whole crew, even though it's, no, it's already done, finished and all ready. Guys, do it. Have, I hope you did it. I mean, I hope you did it. And if well, not, I hope they uh, did it comes out in like five weeks. <laughs> comes out in 22 days from now. Um, if you're Who's listening counting? to this on the drop. So, yeah, we, we recommend Mortal Kombat. Always. I would still recommend it, even if it's not something you grew up with. It's just if you're a fan of Mortal Kombat, it's worth taking the time to look at. Or even if you're just a fan of like, I like martial arts action movies. Exactly. It fits the bill. Okay. do we have any closing thoughts on this thing? Um, Any more than we've already closed? No, we've given a lot. (laughs) Okay. Well, I think that's us going to be signing off for another episode of Screen Refresh. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As Dean said, after this episode comes out, it's probably going to be a couple weeks before the reboot comes out on HBO Max in theaters and streaming. So certainly something to check out. We'll see how it is and if it holds up to what we're hoping, fingers crossed. Otherwise, also catch us on the third Monday of the month when we drop our next episode of Rule of Thirds. But again, this is Tim for Nick and Dean. This is Screen Refresh. Yeah.